This episode of the Esoteric Order of Roleplayers is brought to you by the generosity of our backers on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash esotericrp to find out how you can become a backer too. Remember to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to keep up with all the latest news, and join our Discord community to chat with players and fellow listeners. The Esoteric Order broadcasts from Santa Fe, New Mexico. We recognize these episodes are produced on the traditional territory of the Tewa-speaking Pueblo peoples, and we acknowledge their community, their ancestors, their elders, both past and present, and future generations. sound of spooky season approaching. Yes, it is that time of year again. Time to take you to the edge of darkness. The Esoteric Order of Roleplayers present The Edge of Darkness, a Call of Cthulhu scenario with David Larkins as the Keeper of Arcane Lore. Originally run on Twitch, to benefit the Dots RPG project. For more information, go to www.dotsrpg.org. Now on with the show. Hello. How's everybody doing? I think we're just waiting on David to turn his webcam on. Oh, there he is. What up? <laughs> what up? Hey, what's up? How's uh, it going? Yeah, everybody. So let's, let's all take a drink. We all seem to be going that way. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, First of all, hello everybody. Thanks for coming by. Uh, very excited for this. Um, I am Kenny. Hey GM Kenny. But tonight I am not the GM. Uh, I am joined by my friend this way. Uh, my friend David Larkins. Uh, keeper of uh, Call of Cthulhu Eldritch Lore and uh, even more. Line editor of the Pendragon role-playing game, author of Call of Cthulhu Berlin, um, and probably many more accolades. Enabler of my <laughs> historical wargaming uh, hyperfixation, and a very good friend. So thank you, everybody. Everyone give big hypes and chat for David. Uh, so many emotes. Hello, thank you for all the emotes and the hype. Uh, <laughs> glad to be here. And yeah, I'm looking forward to this. This will yeah, be fun. Thank you. I'm very excited about it. David and I actually, uh, you'll see below our um, below our name tags here, we have some uh, Twitter handles. David has two because David also has um, a actual play podcast um, called The Esoteric Order of Role Players, which I've been lucky enough to be... Uh, a part of for almost a year is that how long so yeah yeah oh we were gosh. playing Vulcan about a year ago so yeah god so crazy um 
and yeah, many more, uh, many more people more incredible than me are on that uh, podcast as well. And if you uh, like it, that it's uh, if you want to check it out, it's on YouTube and it's also on Podbean. Um, yeah, David, anything else? Anything I missed? Anything you want to add? No, you did your homework there. Congrats. That's good. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So tonight we're going to be playing Call of Cthulhu, uh, which is one of my favorite role-playing games. And I figured it's almost, we're we're very close to October. It is, it's spoopy season regardless. Um, It's fall has officially begun Equinox hit. So it's spoopy time. And, And that means Call of Cthulhu. So, for the people watching who maybe haven't played Call of Cthulhu before, I know there's at least one. Um, could you give us a rundown of the um, like the basic mechanics that we might be encountering tonight? Sure. So Call of Cthulhu is a D100 based system. So that means uh, you're rolling percentile dice against um, usually skills that are rated on a percentage scale. So you might have firearms at 55%, and that just means if you shoot at something, you basically have a 55% chance of hitting it. Uh, you roll your percentile dice, and if it's 55 or less, you hit it. Congrats. Well, maybe you did. Um, that's the basic mechanic, though. Um, the other thing that Call of Cthulhu is probably best well known for is its sanity mechanic. Uh, Call of Cthulhu, as the name implies, is based off of the vast corpus of the Cthulhu mythos, uh, originally created by H.P. Lovecraft and and uh, expanded by by many diverse hands in the century since. So um, one of the central features of those stories is that people are confronted with um, horrors that are so far beyond their capacity to rationalize that their their very concept of reality begins to fall apart. So um, that's tracked on the sanity scale. It's this wonderful doom spiral where the more sanity you lose, the more likely it is you'll lose more uh, until you have just plunged into a world uh, from which you can never uh, escape a world of, well, there's all kinds of different manifestations when you when you lose it. <laughs> so, Awesome. Yeah, I'm looking forward to all that. Um, mm-hmm. So thank you for that. Um, and there's also something very important about tonight. If you can't tell from above here, we have a uh, we're, we're raising money for the Dots role playing project. There we go. Thank you, Stream Elements Bot, right on cue. Um, we're raising money for Dots, and these guys make um, uh, well, they're, they're probably most famous for the Braille dice, um, which are role playing game dice that have Braille. Uh, numbers on them so people with visual disabilities can in, play these role-playing games with us and they don't have to have us you know telling them what their dice are so uh, that's something obviously I think a lot of us are very uh, passionate about role-playing games and a lot of us are um, you know just good people overall and we want to uh, share this incredible hobby and uh, dare I say, lifestyle with as many people as possible. So, uh, yeah, l- hype and chat for dots. Uh, and we have a couple people from dots uh, here with us. Um, <laughs> yeah. And yeah. 
Yeah, man. Okay, so, uh, and if you hit exclamation point, there's an exclamation point command uh, charity, which charity, I inevitably misspell every single time. But uh, if you spell it right, it will take you to a link and that link will take you to a page and you can donate as, as little or as much as you like. And there are, uh, there are some, uh, uh, some prizes, quote unquote prizes that you can just go buy. Uh, so it's not a raffle, although we will be doing a raffle tonight as well. Um, courtesy of Dots, which I actually need to start. And boom, it has started. Uh, Dots has been kind enough to give us some stuff, a little swaggy baggy that we're going to be giving away. Anyways, um, so yeah, that's the link where you can do that. And there's Warhammer stuff in there. There's role-playing game stuff in there. Uh, there's Call of Cthulhu stuff in there. David has uh, been kind enough to uh, uh, help us uh, sell a uh, signed copy of Call of Cthulhu Berlin, something that I myself might buy. And... Uh, yeah, there's, there's all kinds of things in there, including if you're local, there's a tattoo gift card. There's a, it's a $250 gift card that only costs you 150 bucks, and it, you get tattooed by me, and we can sit around and talk about whatever you want. Yes, it is signed. Yeah, the tattoo is also signed, if that's what you're asking. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's been like 15 minutes of introductions and uh, talks and giveaways and everything like that. Uh, I, are we are we ready to uh, start the game? Yeah, is, no is there, time like the present. Yeah, is there anything I missed? Anything we need to touch on? I don't think so. I'm not going to be I'm not going to be interact uh, in, interacting with chat a ton tonight. Although uh, you can spend command points to. Uh, mess with my rolls. Uh, you can either give me a bonus yeah. die or a penalty die. I'll try to keep track of them as best as I can. I have uh, chat up here, and I know Caitlin or Stone Shield Maiden is in is in the chat. <laughs> Already starting off with a penalty die, <laughs> 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 and uh, yeah, so that's okay. All all Great. of my die rolls are partial successes. <laughs> Point of order question then. Oh, please. So if Person A purchases a penalty die, and then person B purchases a bonus die. Do those cancel each other out, or do they just stack for the next roll and then the roll after that one? I, that's a good. That's a good question. I. I. That literally just happened as well. Uh, Bar Rainy, uh, just barbarian things gave me a penalty die, and then immediately after, Raptor Monster redeemed a bonus die. I guess we're going to stack them. I think that sounds, I think that's I the think best stack. way to do it. Although it yeah. would be fun to see a bit of uh, tug of war in the channel where people are trying to save me and people are trying to screw me over. Yeah, but how could you possibly keep track? <laughs> oh my God, I know. <laughs> I'm bad enough. 18 penalty dies yeah. <laughs> and 19 bonus dies. Okay, I guess it's the bonus dies. I'm bad enough at math as it is. I, <laughs> tug, okay. Oh, geez, this is a family and stream, confer. sir. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, okay. So our, I guess our first two roles are spoken for. Uh, okay, Caitlin, uh, <laughs> if you can, I'm gonna have my phone open uh, with Discord next to me. So just so we make sure we don't miss any of them. All right. Um, <laughs> just so we don't make. Just so I make sure I don't miss any of them. Uh, keep a running tab for me if you can, and and I will I will consult Discord every every time we need to make a roll. So, 
without any further ado, Keeper David, please uh, take me through this wonderful and horrific journey that is Call of Cthulhu. Right. So, yes, welcome, welcome one and all to the edge of darkness. Uh, yeah, this was, this is a classic Call of Cthulhu scenario. Um, it was one of the first scenarios I ever read and I ever ran because it was in the fifth edition Call of Cthulhu rulebook, which was my entry into the game. Uh, and normally it's for a larger group, but I have run it for one person before and we're just going to have to wait and see how that's going to work out. But, um, you know, I've, I've made my adjustments. So the setting is the classic jazz age Arkham, Massachusetts, Lovecraft country, 1928 to be specific. And just to keep things on theme, it is October of 1928. Properly spooky. That's right. Mm -hmm. Double spooky. Double spooks. And so um, we will just kick things off. Kenny, do you want to talk a little bit about your character up front? Oh, yeah, that's probably a good idea. Um, so let me see here. My name, my character's name, if you can tell from uh, the, uh, what's it called? The name tag beneath me, there we go, is mm -hmm. Victor Hines is my name. I thought that was a pretty good name, honestly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, my pronouns is he's hims. Mm -hmm. um, I was born in Indianapolis, but I currently reside in St. Petersburg. And my, um, my, <laughs> my main inspiration for this character was I was get, I, I wanted to take the two leads from Brendan Fraser's 1999 smash hit, the mummy and combine them. So I am, I am both, uh, I am both Brendan Fraser and, uh, Evie for her, the actress's name is escaping me right now. Rachel Wise. Rachel Wise. Thank you. Uh, one of my favorite Rachel's. Uh, so yeah, I am a, I'm a librarian. Um, I'm an anthropologist. Um, those are kind of my, my big skills. Uh, I'm not very good at almost anything else. I, <laughs> although, oh, good. Oh, although, good. <laughs> <laughs> although I did do the meta thing and I put some points in spot hidden, um, and, uh, what else did I do oh, for some reason? Oh yeah. Okay. So I'm pretty good at fast talking. Um, I'm, I'm not, I'm not much one for physical violence. So if I can stumble over an excuse to get me out of violence, I will. Mm. Um, and I believe, let me see here. What, 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 what did I really go? Oh yeah. Uh, my thought, I decided my father was a locksmith and I, um, would accompany him on jobs. So my, my locksmith skill is weirdly high. So I'm going to try to shoehorn that in <laughs> as many times as possible. Okay. Uh, please bear with me as I furiously add a bunch of locked doors to this scenario. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, like, I mean, if there's a, like a locked card, I mean, it's the 1920s, but any lock, any lock will do. Any lock can yeah. be picked. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. It's the twenties. So how many people even lock their front doors? <laughs> Jeez. What a, what a time to be alive. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, as far as backstory and stuff like that, I'm sure some of it will come up uh, and some of it won't. 
but for the most part, I have some kind of like uh, occult-ish beliefs. Like I've, I'm one of those guys who's like, oh yeah, I believe in the occult. Like I've attended a seance and and blah 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 blah. So like my my character hasn't, uh, my character really hasn't in game terms witnessed any uh, actual like mythos stuff. So like I have no mythos score. Yeah. Um, he's just a guy who believes in ghosts because he saw something once, you know? Okay. Um, I don't have any spells or anything like that. Um, the only possession that I chose to write down was, uh, my treasured possession, which is a small, uh, bluish colored device that seems to be mechanical in nature. Uh, mm. but I can't, I can't figure the damn thing out. And I'm convinced that it comes from Egypt, um, be, uh, because I have, I'm, I'm, I've fallen prey to Egypt Omania and, um, yeah. And, um, you know, the mummy. And, uh, right, right. so I, I have this, um, I have this, uh, yeah, this love of Egypt and, and I, I want to, um, I, I, my, is my dream one day to get to Egypt and like, you know, uncover the mysteries and get to the bottom of the, of the pyramids and stuff like that. Um, so I've taken an academic life. Like I said, I'm a, I'm a librarian and I have a couple mentors and, and things of that nature. Um, I think one of the, uh, one of the most important is, uh, the subject of our, or the catalyst of this grim or dark adventure. Eat. And, um, one last question. How old is Victor? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, I'm 93. <laughs> I'm going to work. I'm uh, just kidding. <laughs> uh, if you're in your, if you're in your twenties or thirties, you don't have any stat adjustments. So I, I am 30. There we go. I'm 30. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. So nothing crazy. I, I rolled everything randomly. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, I, I I I like doing that. I like just being like, the dice are gonna let me know what to play here. Uh, but I definitely have, you know, I wear suspenders. My hair is parted down the middle, and I look like Brendan Fraser. <laughs> just imagine okay. Brendan Fraser. Wow! And that's so uh, hot librarian. I'm super hot. I'm like the hottest librarian you've ever seen. I'm kind of buff. I th- well, nice. I I intended to be. I mean, my strength is seventy. Is that buff? That's buff. Okay, yeah. That's buff. So like, yeah, so like I'm in the library and I'm like, you know, I'm like lifting books. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you said St. Petersburg, you mean Florida? Like St. Pete's, Florida? Sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so so you're living that healthy lifestyle. You're you're, yeah. you're getting a lot of fun, you know, you're probably swimming a lot. Yeah, exactly. You know? And if my sanity tanks early on in this adventure i i could become the first florida man you could <laughs> i mean you're gonna you're gonna be florida man no matter what uh, <laughs> florida man's corpse found uh you oh know gosh. behind local warehouse for example by the way we just smashed our goal immediately <laughs> yay <laughs> thank you guys awesome 250 dollars out of 150 dollar goal that's crazy thank you guys as the kids say, we love to see it. We love to see it. All right. Uh, awesome. Well, game over then. Bye. Yeah. yeah see you. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. <laughs>
Didn't tell you that part. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, so I actually had some, I, I, I was going to go, I was going to try to, uh, I have some, uh, thank you by the way, pound. I know exactly. Yeah. What, I think I know Amazing. what you bought. I think you just bought that gift card. Uh, you're a true tatty daddy. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I was going to go through cause, uh, I can't. I can never pronounce the name of the fundraising organization. I think it's Til Til Tilfitty. Tiltify. Okay. I always misread it as something else. I'm going to tell you that right now. I do too. Uh, Tiltify. Okay, so Tiltify is like <laughs> bought 150 copies of Boston. Um, uh, yeah. So they have like um, what are they called? Uh, uh, thingies milestones and i was gonna go okay. through and and redo it because i was like oh maybe at like 50 dollars we'll lose one sanity and then at 100 dollars we'll lose another sanity oh wow okay or something like that so i get since we just blew through all those i might just take four sanity laws right off the bat i don't know what do you think <laughs> i mean if i'm doing my job right we don't need to re- resort to any milestones <laughs> to drain you of sanity okay let's go all right <laughs> <laughs> all right so um, all right, so we've got a hottie librarian. So the the opening scene then is you are stepping off the train at Arkham Station. You have answered the summons from one Rupert Merriweather, who sent you a telegram requesting uh, your presence uh, in Arkham. Specifically, uh, of course, like all telegrams, it's very terse, you know, uh, doesn't go into a lot of detail, just basically letting you know he is unwell and he is in he is in St. Mary's Teaching Hospital, and he would very much like to meet with you this Thursday at one o'clock. And this was, you know, sufficient lead time for you to book a train, get some time off, and and get up here in time. So we'll say you're stepping off the train. It was a it was an overnight train, uh, so it's it's. Um, you know, 1130 in the morning that Thursday on a chilly October in Arkham, which haunted Arkham. Um, as you know, but for the benefit of the listeners, Rupert Merriweather is uh, one of your old professors, uh, I believe, right? That was it. <laughs> <laughs> he, wait, yeah, what did we decide? He was my... Um... Oh my gosh! I just blanked on it. He was like a men- well. He was he was a mentor, I believe. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. Let me see. Let me go back to what you wrote me. Okay, you said you just said former colleagues. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, the age the age difference would imply you were a student. Right. I would agree. Um, and did you say you had some anthropology? Oh, I'm anthed up. Okay. Uh, perfect. Yeah, my anth uh, is is seventy one. Huge. Whoa. That's like professional level. Cute. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, I feel, I feel like a, uh, uh, you know, con artist or a sideshow barker or something. Cause I'm like, now Kenny, you have not read this, this scenario, correct? <laughs> That's true. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> have, right. I have no idea. I have nothing. All right. Cause this is great. Cause you, you basically created the perfect character for the scenario. So as always, <laughs> as always, you intuited it. So, um, yeah, so Rupert Merriweather is a professor of anthropology at Miskatonic University. And um, he was your advisor and your mentor uh, while you were in college. Uh, 
quick question. What is your education characteristic? My education care. Now this might go against <laughs> everything we just established. <laughs> Not necessarily. Okay. If it's low, we can explain it. My, my education is 65. Oh, that's perfectly fine. Oh, that's, good, good, that's good. Great. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a little low for, for like a professor level, but um, you know, maybe you've just kind of forgotten a lot of the more general knowledge that you picked up at university, or you're just not the type to retain that kind of thing, you know? Um, Cause education just education measures your sort of general world knowledge. And then your skills are talking about your specific knowledge. So obviously you're very well-versed in anthropology. You're reading all the latest BS theories about race and, you know, um, all the all the problematic stuff that the anthropological community is going to have to spend the next 50 years uh, undoing. And um, but uh, also you're, I assume, a good librarian. You have a high library use skill. Yeah, my library use score. Hold on to your pants. Mm-hmm. It is 80. Nice. Yeah, I nice. leaned really hard into the into those things. <laughs> <laughs> I can see why you're not very good at other things. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Except lift. So. <laughs> All right. So, uh, but yes, this is how you know Professor Merriweather, and he is an older gentleman. So it's not surprising to get this sad news that he is um, not doing too well, and he's in the hospital. Oh no. And that's and that's why I've been summoned to Arkham. Indeed. Okay. Um, and I'm on the train station, right? Mm-hmm. It's a, a, a classic uh, late 19th century sort of brick and wrought iron and, uh, you know, iron beams, very, you know, late Victorian industrial chic. Mm. Uh, it's got these distinctive little gothic towers on, on every, each corner of the station. Ooh, I love it. Quite picturesque. Yes. Yeah. Um, I look around because I actually toured the East Coast a little bit, and um, I think I I had a small layover or something in Arkham. Um, mm. So this is a place that I've always wanted to come, but now mm-hmm. that I'm here, it's like bittersweet. You know, it's like it's it's tainted. Um, it's like I wanted to come here because, like, you know, Rhode Island University and that kind of thing. And, mm-hmm. uh, is, is in, well, that's in Providence, but, um, oh, yeah. Brown. Yeah. Yeah. And, but yeah, like Arkham has always, or Arkham, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've always wanted to come here. And now that I'm here, I'm like sad about it. Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, right. So you're, you know, you're due to meet up, uh, you know, at one o'clock. So you do get a little bit of time to, to stroll around and, and admire the architecture as one does. And uh, many of the buildings are still, at least have their, their old colonial bones, you know, it's, uh, it's definitely an old, old, old town. It, you know, goes all the way back to the Puritan times. And uh, you stroll the campus of Miskatonic U, uh, the teaching hospital is actually attached to the university. Um, you know, taking in the sights there, the great the great uh, clock tower right in the middle of the, the quad, the old uh, academic buildings. There have been some new buildings put up as well. The dorms, the, uh, the various happy students 
going about their fall semester as the chill breeze blows the dead autumn leaves across the dying lawns. Um, The leafless branches sticking out against the gray sky overhead. So I've got like, I've got a coat on because it's chilly, Um, but it's not like a winter coat, you know? Um, I do imagine it's kind of a long, like, um, like a tan trench coat, you know, um, with maybe like some kind of like fur around the collar. Um, and I kind of have it like flipped up a little bit. Yeah. Kind of like a duster. And, uh, you know, and I've got like a wide brimmed hat on, um, and, uh, that's got a nice, a nice, like round crown to it. And, Mm -hmm. And I just have one suitcase. Um, (laughs) <laughs> yeah naturally how long are you planning to stay hmm that's a good question um i guess if if i know um mr merriweather is like ill and i'm being like called in it's mm-hmm. probably like he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna die you know um so i would imagine that i've probably i'm probably gonna stay here until the end um which I, I'm not like, I'm not like banking on like, Oh, maybe he's left me something in as well, but I definitely want to be here for the funeral. And, um, and like, if something happens after that, it happens. If not, I'll just go home. They probably took like two weeks off of work or something. Just yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Two weeks yeah. off. And I've, I've never taken a day off in my life. Cause when you love your job, <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. Um, (laughs) I imagine too that I probably, I don't know why this like sticks in my head, but like I imagine that I sleep uh, in like, like there's like a little apartment attached to the library that I work at and that's where I sleep. So like I'm, so like I'm always at the library or like I'm also somehow weirdly it's groundskeeper or something. <laughs> so you're basically like a priest, but with a library. Exactly. Not a church. Exactly. And uh, right. yeah, kind of monk like, exactly. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, so this is this is gonna be kind of new and foreign to me. You know, I've I've done a little bit of traveling, but not a ton. So okay. um yeah, but I but I am looking forward to it. All right. All right. So uh at last the time draws nigh, and so you head into the um large uh you know brick and glass uh monument uh to the medical profession that is saint mary's teaching hospital uh and a quick inquiry with the charge nurse at the front desk directs you to professor merriweather's room i like i want to take a deep breath before i go in and I, mm. already, I already know what this place smells. You know, like what old people smell like? You mm-hmm. know what I'm like, I imagine that's what it smells like. This weird, like, this weird, I don't even, like, Kenny doesn't even know what that smell is. Uh, but, like, I feel like my grandparents always had it, and I imagine that's what's happening. Um, but, like, I'm also just preparing myself for, like, like, I don't know what Mr. Merriweather is going to look like. I mean, I could walk in and this dude, he's already going to be, I mean, he's already sick, so I, I have no idea. And I'm just, like, preparing myself for the worst. 
Um, and of course, you know, put your mind into a 1920s era hospital. So this is, there's no beeping machines right. or ventilators going or anything like that. You know, not even like the smell of, um, uh, you know, bleach or Lysol. I mean, antiseptic stuff is, has just come in in the last generation or so. So although people are, you know, cleaner than it used to be, it's not like as obsessive as, you know, it, it becomes later. So um, it's it's almost just like a, a sanatorium, you know, like right. a resident place, you know. Is, and so you walk. Hmm, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, is this like a big open room with like cots or is it? Not, not on that level, no. Okay. Um, yeah, he he has his own private room, and so you, as, as you walk in, you know it's it's a small a smaller room with its own window, um, and just like a very simple like um, uh, steel frame bed, uh, you know, custom built like it's, it is a custom hospital bed, but like it's you know it looks more like a like a bed you'd have at home than hospital beds do nowadays, you know, and uh, you know side table there's some flowers. Um, his charts hanging and down at the foot, you know, as you would expect. And as you're walking in, the first before you even see anything, you can hear some quiet uh, weeping. And uh, you see an older woman standing by the bedside, um, you know, dabbing her eyes. And across from her on the other side of the bed is a uh, a man about your age, actually, um, and he's. Um, he's handsome, but he has a, he has a somewhat, uh, mm, like kind of a permanent sneer stuck on his face, you know? Hmm. Mm-hmm. What's, I'm, I'm judging the shit out of this guy. What is, does it look like, can I, can I discern anything about him from how he looks it? Like, do I look at him and I'm like, you're some vagrant. What are you doing here? Or, or if I'm like, Oh, hello, doctor. <laughs> He's definitely not a doctor. He is, he's wearing a very well-tailored uh, pinstripe suit. Mm. So your immediate impression is like, maybe he's a lawyer. Like maybe he's here to like, you know, execute the will or something, you know? like I, I immediately pictured those like pinstripe suit wearing weasels from early Warner Brothers cartoons. <laughs> yeah, from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Exactly. <laughs> 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 yeah, not, not too far off. Okay, good. Uh, yeah. He's not like a gangster or anything. But, oh, you know. okay. He's not swinging a pocket watch chain around. <laughs> right. No. Yeah. He doesn't have like a red carnation in his boot area. You know? <laughs> okay. Good. Yeah. Um, uh, all right. So yeah, as we're kind of as I'm walking in, I I do want to like you, you said his um he's got uh his clipboard at his foot. Yeah. Can I like. I just want to like peek at that and see if I can tell if there's anything going on on that. Like, do I see any yeah. big, big, big words that might indi- give me an indication of what's happening? Yeah. There's just a big frowny face that they <laughs> wrote over the whole thing. <laughs> um, why don't you roll medicine for me and let's see how that goes. All right. I'm going to roll medicine and I believe, uh, Rainey has cashed in a penalty die well before, oh <laughs> well before we even started playing hey, the game. Great. Right. Yeah. Um, hey. So far, I, I I believe our penalties and bonuses are alternating. Nice. So, yeah. Love so it. this is going to be a spiky game. <laughs> it is, and spicy. That's a little spicy too. Okay. So let me see here. Medicine. 
Is that going to be... Where even is that? That's not first aid. And um, I Oh, here it is. Oh, the old one. Okay. Sure one. <laughs> wow, this will be a roll for the ages if you can actually pull this off. <laughs> With one penalty die? <laughs> it, okay, 53. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, that's not. Yeah, it's it's all it's all Greek to you, you know. Yeah, I'm like, oh gosh, I I should have uh, I should have really stuck in that medical class, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but also, your eye is drawn up as you come around, and you know the the older woman is who is sort of blocking your view as you came in. You know, you come around her, and your eye is just, of course, naturally drawn to your old mentor who is lying propped up in the bed. Um, Definitely looking the worst for wear. Um, how long would you say it's been since you've seen him? Well, that's a good question. Um, I would say I probably haven't seen him in like a handful of years. Like mm-hmm. I would say probably like between four and six years, somewhere around there. And okay. But it we have one of those friendships. Like I feel like we had um, we had a very intimate like friendship you know it like as as far as like professor and student can go mm-hmm. um and he probably i don't know we we probably kept in touch after that but it's one of those friendships where like you can go years without talking and then like you know as soon as you pick it back up it's like no time has passed but now okay. that i but yeah. now that i'm seeing him like this i'm like like, oh God, like time exists, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And uh, and indeed, he does look to be on death's door. He's lost a significant amount of weight since the last time you saw him. He's very pale. Um, you, you notice in one of his hands, he's clutching a um, blood-soaked uh, handkerchief, uh, you know, that he's presumably coughing into. And... Um, you know, his his uh, eyes are very sunken and rimmed, but they still will manage to light up when they see you. And uh, he says, Ah, oh, Victor, so glad you could make it. Punctual as always, I see. I, uh, I take my hat off and, like, put it to my chest, and I say, my dear friend, and uh, I, I, try to keep, I try to keep it together. You know, like, I don't want to, I don't want him to see that I'm worried in my face or that I'm taken aback. Um, I just want to be like, like, hey, old buddy, like, here we are again, you know, and Mm -hmm. I kind of want to go up next to him and um, just kind of like kneel down by his bed and like put my hand on his arm. Mm hmm. Okay, absolutely. Um, So when you, when you, put your hand on his arm. You can feel his, his skin is uh, quite cool to the touch. Um, also now that you're next to his bed, you can see on one of those side tables, there's a rather large, uh, cardboard box with the lid on. Uh, we're talking about maybe two by three feet. Oh, okay. Hmm. Yeah. By about maybe one foot high. And what's this pinstripe dude doing? Where's he at? So as you moved around to uh, to get to uh, Professor Merriweather, he you you kind of there was a little bit of tension. There was a little bit of 
little bit of a bubble there that he didn't want to like let you pass through. And then he sort of reluctantly stepped back to let you get by. Okay. It's almost like you, you get this feeling like you're sort of trespassing on his territory. And in fact, as you, as you kneel, uh, Professor Merriweather says, um, um, uh, this is my wife, Agnes, whom you uh, never had the pleasure to meet, and uh, my son, Bertrand, indicating the pinstripe guy, of course. Oh, I see. So, she, so, so they married late, and now, and this dude is like, like he he probably doesn't care about Mr. Merriweather, or he's like looking for the will or something like you know. Okay. Yeah, um, you know, Rupert talked about Agnes quite a bit, but he never really said a whole lot about Bertrand. Okay, interesting. Um, I might get up and and put my hat under my arm, and you know, take um, his take the wife's hand and mm -hmm. know, shake it and. Uh, and just be like, I've heard so much about you. Um, uh, I'm glad to, that we're finally meeting. Although, you know, obviously, um, I wish it were under better, better circumstances. I'm kind of like, I don't want to like whisper that to, I don't want to insult my friend, but, you know, I, I do want to acknowledge the gravity of the situation. And then what was the dude's name? Bertrand. Bertrand, that's right. And then what was the mom's name one more time? Agnes. Agnes. Okay. So Bertrand, I, I look at him and I, I nod and I say, uh, uh, you know, uh, pleasure to meet you, Bertrand. Uh, I am uh, Victor Hines. All right. So uh, he, some, you know, there, there's a slight hesitation before he he puts his hand out to to take yours, and and you know, it's a very perfunctory uh, handshake. Yeah, I kind of, I squeeze his hand a little. I got a strength of 70. That's true. That's so true. I'm going to shake his hand. Exactly, exactly. I'm, I'm not going over the top or anything, but uh. <laughs> but I am kind of <laughs> like, I'm kind of like squeezing, uh, you know, like, you know what I'm talking about? Like right in there when like your, uh -huh. girl, your girlfriend's dad would shake your hand and... <laughs> That's Try to I, dislocate that that joint right there. Yeah, exactly. So I just like <laughs> squeeze it a little, um, and then I'm like, "Oh, sorry." You know, if if he flinches or anything like that, just be like, "Oh, pardon." Uh, let's see here. Why don't we Why don't we make it a little fun since you got a bonus die there? Why don't you make a do. strength roll with a bonus die? Okay, strength roll bonus die coming up here. Oh, buddy. Oh yeah. Ooh. All right. So yeah, there, there, there is a little bit of a, a slight wince, just ever so slight. But yeah, he's definitely like you. Definitely got the better of him. I don't think he was expecting. He just heard that Dad's librarian friend was coming up. Wasn't really expecting this. Mm, well, he got it now. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, I'm not like, I'm not like flexing in my coat. I'm wearing a coat anyway, so he probably can't see how jacked I am, but. Uh, now he knows a little bit, a little bit. I gave him a little test, a little squeeze. That's right. <laughs> All right. So, um, introductions having been made, uh, Meriwether then looks to his wife and he says, my dear, would you mind taking young Bertie out? 
out of the room. Perhaps uh, the two of you should go get some lunch. Uh, I don't believe you have eaten all day. I must have some private words with my friend. And uh, so Agnes nods, sniffling, and you know you can you can sense Bertrand stiffening a little bit, but um, he dutifully follows his mother out of the room. <laughs> I give him the old. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> like, get out of here, nerd. <laughs> nerd. I'm a librarian. <laughs> and uh, and so. Uh, Meriwether's eyes follow them out of the room until the door is shut all the way behind them. And it's not until then that he turns to you. And he says, oh, my dear Victor, I must, I must confess something to you and to you alone. I couldn't bear it for Agnes to hear this. And I do not trust Bertrand. I, uh, I go back and, and kneel down at his side because I, I want him to be able to talk comfortably, you know, and obviously this is this is sensitive. So if, if he wants to whisper it, I want to be available. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's good. Yeah, he's he's definitely having having some trouble here. So um, this gives him some latitude to speak at length. And he says the following. In my youth, I and some fellow students became involved in what we believe to be an innocent exploration of the occult. Led by a slightly older man named Marion Allen, the six of us purchased an old farmhouse a few miles west of Arkham, near the village of Ross's Corners. There we could conduct seances and other psychical research in privacy. Alas, our work had unforeseen results. Our last experiment summoned an evil force into this world. Instead of attempting to expel the thing, we were afraid and abandoned the old house, confident that the magic that brought the evil into this world would also keep it confined in the vacant house or send it back after a short time. However, I have since discovered that the spell that binds the entity to the house lasts only as long as the casters live. I am the last of the group, and I fear that upon my death, the thing will go free and wreak havoc on the folks thereabouts. I am too old, too ill, and too much of a coward to go back to that house to try to banish the entity myself. I am guilty of many things, but my deepest sin was unleashing that horror that fateful night. I am convinced the entity will escape its confinement on my death. Take that box. All the aid I can offer you lies within. You must find the courage to send that thing back to wherever it came from. You must see that this is done. Do this for me, please. (laughs) Oh, God. At which point he begins coughing quite, uh, 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 quite heartily. Uh, spas- spasming up, doubling up in a spasm of coughing and groaning, and he's, he's leaning towards you, his eyes bulging out of their sockets, and then a huge gout of blood and tissue just shoot out of his mouth and smack you right in the face. Oh, God! <laughs> so I'll need a sanity roll for that, please. Okay, that's fair. 
<laughs> and sanity, just for the audience, sanity does not receive bonus or penalty die. Is that correct? That is correct. Success. Just narrowly. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, it's not too shocking, you know? He's obviously very ill, and as disgusting as that is, it's not, like, you know, it's not rattling you. So, um... Yeah, I, I take out a handkerchief, uh, you know, from my pocket. I, I flick it open and, and clean it off my cheek, and I'm like, oh, my my dear friend, and, and then I clean this, you know, the corners of his mouth. Mm-mm. Um, mm. And, uh... So- Oh, go ahead. I was going to say he's still he's still coughing. He's he seems to be suffering an attack of some kind. Oh gosh. Okay. Well, I immediately shoot up then, and uh, I I bust the door down, and I shout for a nurse. You know, nurse, please. Okay. Your uh, shout brings an almost instantaneous response. A couple nurses and a doctor come jogging down the hall, and uh, very quickly pile in to the room, uh, you know, as, as other uh, medical personnel follow behind and very quickly uh, the room fills up. Of course, Agnes had not gotten very far and she heard your shout. So she comes running in, Rupert, uh, Bertrand close behind, you know, mother, don't look. And he kind of shoots you this, this, uh, you know, very accusatory look. I don't even... I don't even let it bother me, dude. I'm like, I'm like, your father needs help or I'm not, yeah. I'm, it's not even fa- like, is this his, is this his son or his stepson? Mm, good question. Mm, okay. Um, okay. Yeah. Then I kind of like, I keep the door open and then I get out of the way so that the doctor and everybody else can get in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of examine what they're doing as I stand against the wall. You know, I'm, I'm watching what they're doing, but my gaze keeps like drifting down to the cardboard box. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what they are doing is um, basically trying their best to calm his, his attack and get his vitals and just sort of assess what's going on with him. And so, as I mentioned before, it's a pretty small room. And so eventually one of the nurses turns to the three of you and says, I need all non medical people out of this room immediately get go oh man okay um i uh, uh well this cardboard box is is big um i imagine it's quite heavy too i i look at it and and there's more urgency in that and also i'm like i'm like Meriwether, like are you serious about what you're saying like you know it's it's hard to believe this kind of stuff so um I, I look at Meriwether and I'm I'm looking to make eye contact, but if he's obscured or coughing, like I'll only wait for a moment and then I'll leave. Okay, so um, you do manage to make eye contact, and his his eyes still have that pleading look in in them. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. I'll I'll I'll. I'll I'll walk out and I'll I'll come back for the box later. I think. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Um. So obviously Agnes and Bertrand depart as well, and they, you know, seek out a more private corner to, to await, uh, you know, the news. 
Uh, what do you want to do? Oh man. Um, well, I'm standing outside the, um, the room still. Um, are there any medical professionals nearby? Somebody who I think might, um, be familiar with Mr. Merriweather's, um, case. Everyone seems to have piled into that room who was at least in this part of the, the wing. Okay. Well, if that's the case, then I might go talk to Agnes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and, and, uh, just, you know, approach her and be like, um, uh, I guess Mrs. Merriweather. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Mrs. Merriweather, please. Um, I'm, I'm so sorry about the condition of our, our beloved. Wait, what's, what's his first name? <laughs> Rupert. Rupert. Our beloved Rupert. Um, do you know what, do the doctors know what ails him? Like, what is the, what's his diagnosis? So she, um, she, she accepts your, your sympathies graciously and, uh, and says, thank you. Thank you, dear. Uh, no, I'm, I'm afraid they don't. There have been many, many theories for some time. They, they thought it was scarlet fever, but there are certain lesions appearing on the skin that are not, uh, consistent with that or so they say it's it's quite a mystery affliction unfortunately hmm. Kenny thinks this might be consumption or something like that but oh they'd know what that is though right yeah that's what I was thinking too hmm interesting something is afoot um okay uh I might ask her like um well, first of all, where's where's that little that little stinker at? Is he nearby? He's right. He's right next to you. And in fact, uh, he um, places a hand on your shoulder, Ugh. and he and he, sa- <laughs> and oh he says, uh, <laughs> and he says, and he says, might I have a word with you, sir? Oh God, I'm like, yes, of course. <laughs> um. And I, I look at Mrs. Merriweather and I say, please excuse me. I'll, I'll be right back. And I, uh, I, I lead, I lead this little twerp over, you know, somewhere out of the way. Right. Right. Uh, by the vending machines or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> like a wooden vending machine, you know, like a big can crank on it. The old vending ma- <laughs> apparatus. That's right. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, you are in a kind of a larger waiting room area, so you leave her seated on one of the leather leather armchairs and take uh, Bertrand over to the other side. And uh, you know, he's just he's just walking calmly beside you, but then as soon as you stop, he kind of rounds on you and he, and he gets in really close and he says, "Look, you, I don't know why you come sniffing around my father's bedside the minute he's on death's door, but if you're looking for any kind of handouts or any part." of what is rightfully due to me mm-hmm. as part of his estate. I'll just tell you right now, I am a lawyer and I will see to it that you don't get one cent. I get real close to his face too. Mm-hmm. And we, we almost kiss. <laughs> Your nose is touch. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> I get real close to him and I say, 
you have some nerve, Bertrand, um, to think that you value this man's wealth over his life. You ought to be ashamed. And your mother would be devastated if she knew this is how you felt. Shame. Well, and I kind of like get back. Shame. <laughs> <laughs> his rejoinder is, well, it's a good thing she'll never find out then. And he turns on his heels and uh, heads back over to Agnes, giving you a little look over his shoulder as he does. God, this guy. Huh. Okay. And uh, shortly after that exchange, uh, lab-coated doctor enters the waiting room with a very grim look on his face. You can tell without him even having to say anything. Your friend Rupert has passed away. Oh, no. I'm crushed. My shoulders drop. My head falls. Um, and even though even though I expected this, mm. I mean, damn, it hurts. Mm. And um, yeah, <laughs> chat knows. I guess so. Everyone's pressing out. I know. And it hurts. F's in chat for Rupert Merriweather. And um, yeah, it hurts. And uh, a tear definitely, uh, like tears, you know, form in my eyes and, I blink hard to get him out, and then uh, I look up uh, to see um, Agnes, and uh, I, I guess to see how she's doing, or like you know, like if I'm, I imagine like I see her with like the doctor's hand on her shoulder. Yeah, yeah. She she rose very slowly and mechanically as her her handbag sort of slipped from her fingers. And then he moves in and puts his hand on his shoulder and they're talking and Bertrand, you know, say what you will. He has also put his hand on her back and he's trying his best to comfort her. Mm. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, it's a very private moment. It really is. Um, mm. I'm actually going to take this time to... I'm going to take this time to kind of sneak away toward mm -hmm. Rupert's room. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, while I'm doing it, you know, I've, I've still got tears in my eyes. Uh, I put my hat on and I, you know, my collar's up and uh, I got my head down and I'm just kind of mm -hmm. sticking close to the wall. And, um, but I'm keeping an eye out, you know, I, I want to make sure that the way is clear. I want to get in there and get that box without anybody seeing. So as you're walking up the hall, you see, you know, a nurse leaving the room and shutting the door behind her. And then she walks off down the opposite way, not having seen you. Okay. Uh, then, yeah, if I think the way is clear, I'm going to... I'm going to look into the room. Is Rupert's body still in there or have they moved him by now? It is still in there, but it's got the sheet up over it. Oh man. I'm going to go in there and, um, I take my hat off and hmm. get down to get, you know, get down. And I, I take the cover off of his, off of his face. 
Are, mm-hmm. they, are his eyes closed or are they open? They have been closed. Okay. Um, then I'll kind of like run my hand over Rupert's head mm-hmm. um, in kind of a, a gentle, you know, loving way and um, just be like, my dear friend, um, we will meet again. And uh, I stand up and put my hat on and then I cover him back up mm-hmm. and um, I'm just going to pick up the box and try to get out of there as soon as I can, like without anybody n- noticing. I just kind of want to disappear. All right. Where do you want to go? What's your ultimate destination? Do I have a hotel? Have I made arrangements or anything? I think we can assume that in the time, yeah, since you had about an hour and a half before you showed up at the hospital, you probably went and got a room. So, yeah, sure. Then, yeah, I would want to, yeah, move to my hotel then. Um, And that's probably where I dropped my suitcase off anyways, right? Uh, Yes, indeed, indeed. Cool. So, yeah, I make my way over to the, uh, the, um, whatever the hotel room, yeah. Well, are you, are you living cheap or uh, you living high on the hog? Well, that's a good question. Um, I actually put some points. Do you, want to, do you want to check into the witch house? I, I hear the <laughs> rooms are very reasonable. <laughs> the ceilings are low. <laughs> yeah, the ceilings are a bit weird. Wonky angles and whatnot. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, you, you could check into a boarding house uh, since you're planning, mm. you were planning here for a while or... Uh, there's the Hotel Miskatonic, which is the kind of high-end hotel in town. Well, I will say this. I have $42 in cash. <laughs> nice. So I don't know if that... I mean, 1920 that seems like a good amount. That is a very good amount. It's about, I don't know, six, 700 bucks maybe. Yowza. Okay. Mm-hmm. And my... What is it? My credit rating? Uh-huh. Is 21. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, yeah. I, I bumped okay. it up. Yeah, sure. Um, so, yeah, I guess I would say, <laughs> uh, I guess I would go to the Hotel Miskatonic, man. I mean, th- again, this is like a place I've always wanted to be. So I might have tried sure. to find some joy in it, you know? Sure, sure. Nights in private, too. Yeah, totally. Uh, so it's $5 a day for the worst room or $50 a night for a top floor suite. $50 a night. Mm-hmm. Is that within my budget? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> but $5, well, even $10 a day, maybe. I don't know. Let's do 10 bucks a day. Okay. So you have a, you have a decent room. Yeah. Third floor, we'll say. And, uh, you know, you've already deposited your luggage, as you said. So you arrive back at the hotel. You got out of the hospital. No problem. And at last you have your loan with this box. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, I, I put the box. Yeah. I put the box down. I hang up my coat and my hat. Um, I've got, uh, I've got like a white cotton long sleeve shirt on and the mm-hmm. sleeves are kind of rolled up. I've got thin suspenders <laughs> and, uh, my hats, my hair's kind of messy from my hat. And, uh, although it's still kind of like split down the center, but I, I run my fingers through my hair kind of parted off to one way mm-hmm. and I'm very hot right now. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, I sit down, I've got this, I've got this box. I, I sit down on the, on the, uh, 
on the edge of my bed or maybe the the foot of my bed uh-huh. with this box between my legs mm-hmm. and uh yeah i just open it up and and look to see what's inside all right, so you remove the top and, uh, you know, it's kind of like a shoebox style box, right? And um, and so within uh, is a fair amount of Excelsior, you know, as, as padding. And then right smack in the middle is a um, sort of miniature sarcophagus. Okay, covered in hieroglyphics. Whoa, that immediately, uh, I'm like, wow. Now, there's also a uh, a letter, a folded letter, a yellowed envelope, um, very thickly packed, mm. uh, and a slim leather-bound journal. Man, a dream come true. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, since I established earlier, I, w- I have fallen victim to Egyptomania. Um, yes. Or Egypt mania, whatever, whatever the way it is, uh, I immediately go for the sarcophagus. Okay. Uh, yeah. So yeah, it's it's a little uh, kind of gold cover, gold colored um, sarcophagus, possibly gold covered as well. Um, and uh, do you have hieroglyphics as a language? You know, I don't. I took <laughs> like a dummy. I took German and Latin. <laughs> uh, I totally should have took her. I didn't even know that was an option, but that's okay. I, I didn't put any points into either, so I'm shitty at oh. both of them. <laughs> okay. I was going to say, you could swap out if you wanted to, but yeah. <laughs> well, what you can do is roll your choice of history or archaeology. Ooh, well, my archaeology is trash. And my history is... Uh, shiny trash so i'm gonna roll uh history let me see where we're at here i think i think we're on a penalty die lovely (laughs) oh god there's no way i'm gonna be able to do it let's get this penalty out die out of the way so we can get a there we go (laughs) oh what are you kidding wait i can spend luck i can spend luck you spend luck oh my god oh my gosh i can't believe that you wrote, must have rolled two zero zeros then. I think so. Because that's yeah. the only way you would have gotten an eight. Which is crazy. That's hilarious. Oh my gosh. Take that, Rainy. <laughs> 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 or whoever gave me <laughs> that penalty die. So I spent right. I spent three points of luck. So normal success. <laughs> Ding. All right. Yeah, clip that. <laughs> All right. So you have identified the hieroglyphics uh, as definitely Egyptian of the middle kingdom period. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. The middle kingdom. And do I know anything special about the middle kingdom specifically? Uh, that's your classic ancient Egypt time. That's okay. like the time of Ramseth mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, King Tut and all those, all those blokes. Okay. So, yeah. Awesome. Okay. Cool. 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 All right. So, do I see? Do I and do I know what these guys, what these hieroglyphics say? Or can I? No. Okay. And there's no way for me. To, well, actually, wait. Can, if I spend luck, can I spend luck to, uh, to get like an extreme success? Yes. Although in this case, it wouldn't do you any good. Okay. Fair. 
Okay, so I'm like, nice. Hieroglyphics, very cool. Um, does it open? It sure does. I would like to open it. All right. I can share something with you. <gasps> Ooh. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Uh, get ready, everybody. Whoop. Okay. There you go. Should pop up in a moment there. We'll hide these excellent charity donations. I... Uh, like I said, I'm not interacting with chat a ton while we're playing, but um, I will before the break and after the break, uh, which I think will take a small break at eight o'clock, by the way. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So, okay. So we got, oh, this is a pretty decent sized little sarcophagus by the mm-hmm. size of this mm-hmm. filler's hand. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. Okay, okay, okay. And there's hieroglyphics I see on the inside. There are indeed. It's but some then, kind of strange uh, writing that's been carved into the into the material of the sarcophagus. Yeah, that's interesting. And I don't. Um, yeah, I definitely, I definitely don't know what that says. I don't think there's anything on my character sheet <laughs> that would allow me to read these. Right. Um, Just I look- Egyptian. Doctor's writing, actually. <laughs> zing. Zing. Buzzing. Um, is, so this is a small sarcophagus, but it, I mean, is this like, would I know, like, ch- do children get sarcophaguses? Like, is this a child sarcophagus? Is this just a toy? Well, I'll, I'll tell you, since you made that history roll, um, not just adults, were mummified, you know, children could be mummified, cats could be mummified, you know. That's right. So, yeah, it might have been an animal sarcophagus. Yeah. Could have been so so this could have been used is what I'm hearing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. definitely. Interesting. Well, is there anything else is there anything else inside the sarcophagus? Uh, no, it is otherwise empty. Okay. Well, in that case, I will close it and probably move on to the yellowed envelope. Mm-hmm. All right. So you uh, take the yellowed envelope out and you can immediately feel that there's more than just paper in there. In fact, you hear the jingling of keys or a key on a ring, at least. Interesting. And, uh, Opening up the envelope, you do indeed see it is a property deed and a key to a lock. Um, the uh, address is Boone Road, Ross's Corners. Boone Road. Okay, interesting. And so I imagine um, as I'm kind of looking through, I would probably even say in my mind, you know, like, uh, oh, this must be the property he was talking about. In my David Lynch's Dune whisper monologue. <laughs> As my- you just get like a box <laughs> on your eyes. <laughs> All my characters have the same monologue. Um, nice. Yeah, okay, interesting. So, okay, well, um, I put that I put that down kind of like on the bed next to me because I'm going to revisit this. Um, and then I'll go for the, 
there was just the journal left, right? Correct. Okay. No. Oh. The journal and a letter. Oh, the letter right. looks to be. The journal looks a bit older. Uh, the letter looks fresh. Okay. Cool. Let's uh, let's go for the letter then. Okay. So I feel like this might explain some of the contents of this box. Yes. All right. I've got another thing to share with you. Ooh. And it is up to you whether you wish to read the letter out loud or you, leave it for me to do the voice. You know I will read anything out loud. All right, then. <laughs> Every chance I get. It's the GM in me. All right, do it. Uh, let me see here. Okay. Dear friends, this is my internal David Lynch monologue, by the way. Uh, dear friends, in the years after the nightmarish events of the night in my youth, I have seen many strange things. Only now do I begin to grasp the truth of reality and the scope of what is happening in the world. I've tried in my small way to combat the horrors and make amends for the part in bringing one to our plane of existence. What I have left to offer, what riches and wealth I have, I will put to good use in dealing with these abominations. It is the very least this old coward can do. And I shake my head at Rupert, always calling himself a coward. I, I could never make myself go back to that little farmhouse to put those events to rights. I too gravely feared that which my friends and I loosed upon this countryside. Nothing of consequence has yet taken place, but with my death I fear the bonds will be broken and that horror freed to come and go as it pleases. Lives not yet taken already weigh heavy on my conscience." The method of delivering the thing out of this world is still in that accursed house. The translations made by Marion from the book. Divermis Mysteries. I, I imagine I'm butchering that. Apologize. I thought that was pretty good. Okay, thank you. Um, I was never strong enough to take on the task, but I hope, uh, but I have hope that you are. In ridding the world of this, perhaps you will save my soul from hell. For I fear that my deeds have not been enough to release me from this heavy burden. I do not expect your forgiveness for what I ask of you, Rupert Merriweather. And this wasn't, was this addressed to me? Yes. Uh, dear friend, we'll just read it as that. Dear friend, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Um... Well, I'm definitely puzzled. Like, like I established at the beginning, I I have belief in like the occult and ghosts and stuff like that. Um, but this is like, this is like too much, you know. Like it all, it, it's definitely um, extraordinary. Um, so I'm gonna put it away and and still, like, not really convinced that something has happened, but convinced that Rupert definitely believes something happened. Um, so yeah, I'm going to put it away and then, uh, and then I'll go for the journal. Okay. All right. So as mentioned, it's an older journal, uh, older book, um, plain leather. It's held together by cords, um, handmade most likely. 
And uh, after undoing the cords and opening it up, you can see that it's a series of entries dating from June 1876 to May 1881. Well, yeah. From 18, five years? Mm-hmm. And this is just, I'm like, this is ex- almost exactly how long Rupert and I went without seeing each other. Indeed, although this was many, many, many years ago. Oh, so. that's right, that's right. That was a long time ago. Let's see here. You're th- in your 30s, so this was before you were even born. Oh, jeez. Yeah. That's even worse, because I'm like, now I'm thinking, like, who was Rupert Merriweather, you know? Like, did I... I, th- I thought we knew each other, and now I'm finding all these secrets. Mm-hmm. Okay, well... I guess I'm uh, I'm going to open up the I'm going to open up the journal and start looking through. Hey. Okay. So it appears to be the uh, records of a group of of young um uh, college age, mostly college age um amateur occultists who sort of tongue in cheek named themselves the Dark Brotherhood. Love it. I'm like, that's my favorite faction from the Elder Scrolls. <laughs> so yes, this appears to be uh, from when Rupert was a student at Miskatonic University. Uh, they held their first meeting in the late spring of 1876, and Rupert was the group's recording secretary. There were six members in all. The founder and nominal leader was named Marion Allen. And I recognize that name from the other letter. So Mar- and she, you said she was the leader? That's a he. Oh, he. Uh, and yes, the nominal leader. Fair. Okay. Um, in June of 1876, Meriwether purchased a deserted farmhouse outside Ross's Corners. Uh, this was to be a place where they could conduct their experiments in privacy. They uh, cleaned and furnished the place, and Mary and Alan uh, carved special uh, warding signs over the wooden doors and windows. The response to this from the others was one of amusement, uh, but they accepted his eccentricities nonetheless. There so, were some. Mm-hmm. So this seems like it seems like a bunch of kids kind of messing around. Exactly. Okay. Uh, the journal then goes on to relate a series of attempted rituals, none of which had any apparent uh, effect. Um, and then starting in February of 1877, it starts to get juicy. Juicy. Oh, yes. <laughs> and so here is another handout for you. Oh, Allow me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Edge two, this is it. Oh man. Okay. Should I wow, should I read all this? Holy shit. Or just right. the what which one should I or why, why why don't we trade off? So you read one entry and I'll I'll uh, read the next. I like that idea. Okay. February twenty seventh. Marion Allen has acquired an artifact, purportedly Egyptian, and I'm like, ooh. It appears to be a small sarcophagus of gold, and I glance over to the sarcophagus. 
Inside is a large piece of amber, which I did not find, which entraps a specimen of some unknown species of anthropod. Alan is very excited as the box corresponds to a description he found in an ordinary reference volume in the university's Orn Library. Alan says that in another book, Divamis Mysteries, is an explanation of the powers of the box. The text says the small animal trapped in the amber is actually the host to a bound djinn, a guide to the spirit world. Alan says the tome mentions that originally there were four such pieces of amber contained in the box. There's no mention what happened to the other three. We are agreed and a date has been set to conduct a ceremony intended to summon the djinn, which Alan assures us will be friendly. <laughs> we have chosen the night of Saturday, the 18th of March, the night before the new moon. So that was the 18th of March. The next entry is the 19th. We began the ceremony as Alan instructed, according to that described in De Verbis Mysterious. A fire set in the fireplace and a pentagram chalked on the floor, marked with appropriate symbols and illuminated by two black tapers placed near the center, flanking the piece of amber with its entrapped spirit. The others sit in a circle where I, the designated watcher who guards from malevolent spirits, sit in the corner of the room. At least I get the comfort of a chair, while the others can look forward to sitting on the floor for hours. Alan throws a handful of powder in the fire, producing an even evil-smelling smoke and dampening the flames, which now burn a sputtering green and brown. Those seated on the floor begin the Latin chant Alan has transcribed from his book. After nearly two hours, I see a trail of smoke circling up from the piece of amber. Its surface seems to be bubbling and melting. Can this be? Have we finally achieved success? I can see a form. That's 100% Lovecraft of like... Right. He's like writing it as it's happening. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I'm slowly being murdered. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, no. Exclamation point. (laughs) Ellipses. Yeah. Uh, March 20th. Okay. So this is, wow, just the next day. Um, We have finished with our plans and have sworn a pact to never speak of what happened last night. We have satisfactorily explained the death of poor Robert and in some manner, the madness of Harold. Oh my gosh. The sheriff accepts the explanation of a carriage accident. We planned it well. Robert's neck was broken in the fall, we told him. Harold struck his head with a rock when the horse's leg broke and the carriage rolled. Would it be um, that it was only that? For the rest of us, we will forever be changed by what we experienced that uh, last night. I will write down the true events so they are not lost completely. The thing formed in the center of the pentagram, shapeless and nearly invisible. Its terrible voice should have given us a clue, but we were so foolish. It spoke, then Alan cast that damned powder at the djinn, and the dust of Ibengazi, he calls it. And that's when we could all see it clearly. Which, isn't that from a Lovecraft book? That's what I thought. Uh, Words cannot adequately describe the faceless thing, with a thousand maws. Oof. It roiled and bubbled, never fully revealing itself at any one time. So terrifying was its aspect that it was that I was frozen in place, my pen falling from the nerve, nerveless fingers. Cecil and Alan seemed as lifeless as myself, 
while a short, sharp cry issued from Crawford's mouth. Robert, however, rose to his feet and before anyone could stop him, stepped forward as though to embrace our horrible guest. With its arms or those appendages that seemed most like arms, it took hold of poor Robert and twisted his head around as though he was a doll. The lifeless corpse was then thrown back in Harold's lap, and that's when he began that damnable shrieking, the shrieking that hasn't stopped since, even after we handed him over to the sheriff's men. We still have a chance. We still had a chance, apparently. Alan now believes that if we kept our wits, we could have reversed the summoning and forced the creature back to wherever it came from. But Crawford panicked and mistakenly believed that it would dispel the creature. Uh, reached forward and destroyed part of the pentagram, breaking the seal and ending its effectiveness. Released from that binding symbol, the thing, with a screech that could only have been unholy satisfaction, was ejected from the house, disappearing out the window as a roaring, screaming wind of boiling colors. Oof. Mm. All right. March 24th, 1877. Alan intends to leave Arkham and travel to find a solution to this crisis. He said that he intends to seek out occult scholars in New Orleans. I pray he is successful, but my hopes are not high at this point. He insisted that I be a custodian of the gold sarcophagus and not show it to anyone. What's even more odd is that he instructed me to not visit or even live in Boston. I can only guess as to why, as he will not tell me his reasoning apart from his insistence that it is for my own safety. Marion still thinks that the thing could yet be destroyed or at least dispelled, but none of us who remain have the stomach for such an undertaking. I hope he can find a way to safely banish it without another of us falling into its malevolent grip. March 26th, this is two days later. We now believe that the spell we cast to summon it inextricably bound the thing to the house. Alan went back this morning to retrieve some of our belongings and store our ritual accoutrement. He says that he heard it bumping around the attic over his head, cursing him all the while. He said that it was also told him that it was, whoa, that, uh, that it only has to weigh us out. That's crazy that this thing, like, talks, communicates. Uh, when he, uh, we who were present are all dead, it will roam the earth freely, slaughtering and feastly, feasting. Thankfully, the warding signs carved by Alan during better times times that seem so long ago now apparently are effective and bar the thing entry except into the attic of the farmhouse i might be able to sleep a few hours tonight knowing it is bound to the attic and cannot harm anyone else i am hopeful for the first time since we stupidly released it from the amber if i uh if it told him the truth then we uh, have time to seek the answer god be with you in your search my friend October 14th, 1877, I just discovered that Marion Allen is dead and has been dead for some months now. He was murdered in New Orleans this past August. I suspect that he spoke to the wrong sort of people about the things he has seen and they killed him. The newspaper mentions the sarcophagus, so they may have been after the gold. That is three of us gone now. I must do something. I've already begun ancient history classes at university, so I believe I will try to research the problem at the farmhouse in that manner. Perhaps I will uncover an ancient secret of how to rid our world of that beast in my own way. Dang. And, and then these names here, 
they're each written in, in different inks, um, clearly at different times. You know, I'm going to reach into my bag and mm. next to Rupert's name, I'm going to add the date. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, like the full date too, not just the year. Mm-hmm. Um, crazy, crazy, crazy. Okay. And, and that's it, right? So we've got the sarcophagus, the letter or the envelope with the deed and the key, uh, the letter, which we read. And then that was the journal. Oh, oh and there is a newspaper clipping Ooh. Uh, tucked in. So we're going to go back to the handout screen Handouts. one more time. <laughs> oh, sorry. Didn't mean to do any copyright violations there. <laughs> August 14th, 1887. Brutal murder at Docks. Oh, this is Marion Allen here. Uh, New Orleans. The body of Mr. Marion Allen, late of Arkham, Massachusetts, was discovered early this morning near the Gulf and Panama Docks. The victim of foul play, the man was identified by local witnesses who said that Mr. Allen had been seen in the locale the evening before. Although robbery was the apparent motive, police report that the victim had gruesome marks carved into his forehead and his tongue had been cut out. Mr. Allen had reportedly gone to the police earlier this week claiming he was being followed and that he feared for his life. Of course, the police didn't do anything. He said his shadowy pursuers were after an Egyptian artifact which he no longer possessed. Hmm. Huh. Wow. Well, with all of this evidence, I'm like, I'm like, well, this seems extreme. This seems still unfathomable, unrealistic, uh, perhaps extraordinary. Um, <laughs> but I would be remiss if I did not use this opportunity to by myself, go and investigate. it, <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, and, and that is that, that was Meriwether's dying wish was that you right. send this thing back basically, or you, you neutralize it in some way. Right. You yeah. Know? And I, and I will, even though I don't know that something like I'm, I'm still skeptical, you know, of course, mm-hmm. um, I think only a fool would be like, oh, my God, this is 100% true, you know. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, a- apparently something is there or, um, you know, some- something is going on. And-, and even if it's just me going out to this place and, and saying a prayer for, uh, for my late friend, you know, then, then that's what I'm going to do. Okay. Is-, is this a good time for a break? I think it might be. I think actually. it might be. Okay, good. Yeah, nice seamless transition here. So, okay, so uh, I'm thinking we're going to take a break mm-hmm. uh, from this amazing game so far, by the way. I'm having so much fun. Excellent. Uh, David, thank you so much. I can't say it enough um, for doing this. Thanks uh, to everyone who's donated. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm actually going to open up a new window so I don't ruin the OBS stuff. <laughs> David's face. Um, I do uh, first. Okay. So first of all, yeah. Um, we'll take a moment here. 
Um, thank you to everybody who's uh, followed. And if you're subscribing, thank you for subscribing. Um, new followers, old followers, thank you guys for hopping in and hanging out with us. It means everything. To you guys who have donated, we, we have raised $400 um, of our $150 goal. I, I set the goal pretty low because I'm small fries and, you know, I, I, I did my best to get everything kind of going. Uh, but I'm, I'm very happy uh, to report that we've blown past our goal at $500. Um, there are, oh my gosh, um, let me see here. I'm going to try to find a list of people who have donated. Um, I, here's Looks a, like quite a few there at a there, certain point. There's quite a few. Yeah, first of all, I, I'm going to go in order. So, oh wow, first of all, we received an anonymous donation of $20. Um, so thank you to whoever that was. Uh, John donated 50. Thank you very much. Uh, Luke Salamander donated 30. Thank you very much. Pound, uh, $150. Thank you very much. Cornelius Breddington, a hundred dollars. That's, uh, Sean of Etten Games and Hobbies, who was kind enough to donate, uh, a huge chunk of the amazing prizes that we have tonight. Yeah, um, shout out to Etten. Huge shout out to Etten. Um, uh, Paige Holgate donated twenty one or twenty dollars twenty one minutes ago, and Stemo mm-hmm. donated thirty dollars. Thank you guys all so much. This is so crazy. Um, I'm I'm just you know floored by your guys' generosity and your guys' support. Uh, thank you all so much. So it is seven thirty eight. Uh, or is, yeah, right, seven thirty eight. I can read. Um, yes. And uh, so I think we're gonna take a quick little break. And maybe we'll say, uh, we'll, we'll say like a, I don't know, it is a seven minute break weird? Like be back at 745. That's very, that's very Lovecraftian, right? Cause it's like, <laughs> Oh, well, my, my perceptions of reality are being challenged right now. That's right. We're taking a seven minute break. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I am going to hydrate, uh, as I was requested to do. Um, mm-hmm. and then, uh, when we come back, we'll have drinks, we'll be stretched out and we'll be ready to continue on with this incredible adventure of Mr. Victor Hines and his late friend, Mr. Rupert Merriweather. All right. Okay. I will see you guys all at 745. Thank you so much. We will be right back. Excuse me. I was just stuffing my face with a snack. (laughs) (laughs) Um... So yeah, again, thank you guys for donating. I uh, I checked into the Discord and some people were having some issues or whatever, but I think for the most part they seem resolved or they will be at the very least. Um, so if there's any issues, just let me know and I'll do everything I can to resolve them. Um, grapes were not my snack, unfortunately. <laughs> but I think we have some. I should have I had grapes. Anyways, um, good. yeah, are we? I think we're ready to continue. I think we are. Mm. Okay, so you were thinking you're gonna head on out. Any anything you else you want to do in town before you do so? Hmm. Uh, man, I immediately went into like D and D mode. I'm like, is there a general store? Is it? There- <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. I mean, uh, what, how are you fixed for 
for equipage? Um, man. Well, okay. So to be honest, I have no possessions written down on my character sheet. Imagine no possessions. Right. Yeah. So I don't know if I need to go get some, like, like, well, we're not going to worry too much about like tracking dollars and cents or anything like that. But, you know, if there's just anything you were like, oh, let me pick up a grappling hook and rope or whatever, you know. Anything mm-hmm. you just want to mm, put as a matter of record that you're bringing along. Yeah. As a, mm, that's a good question. Um, man, maybe. um I think I just want to bring everything that he gave me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think, I, yeah, I just want to bring that stuff. And I closed out all of my, um, my handouts, of course. Um, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> but I wanted to see it. Like I'm trying to remember, Kenny's trying to remember, uh, Victor can just go look, but, um, is there anything in there that like, I, I don't want to be like, um, you know, okay, like I have the sarcophagus. I need, I need that. It, like, if there is a creature, like I'm leaning into the like what ifs here. So yeah. it's like if there's some kind of creature, uh, I'm gonna need this sarcophagus. But then they had a piece of amber, and I don't see any amber in this box. Correct. Um, is there a like? Is there a gift shop in the museum that I can go snag a piece of amber? <laughs> uh, you know, possibly with a luck roll, you'll you'll recall that mm. the journal described the amber as melting and bubbling away, and the thing that was within coming up out of it. So, right, presumably that amber no longer exists. Right. Okay. Then I yeah. Then I would like to try to make a luck roll here. Sure. And luck rolls don't get a penalty or bonus die, correct? No. Okay. So straight luck here. Normal roll. Oof. Ouch. Ouch. (laughs) So no luck in the gift shop. They just sold out. Um, Or or gift shops don't exist yet. All uh, right. (laughs) That's also true. (laughs) Uh, Where's your gift shop? What? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I'm like, uh, forget about it. (laughs) (laughs) Never mind. Um, hmm. Well, yeah, I don't know. I guess that's it. Like I don't have, um, I did, did I, I don't, I don't recall reading anything in those letters or journals or anything like that. That's like, uh, this is how to trap it. Right. It -hmm. was was just, yeah, it was just like the symbols on the doors and the windows and those Mm -hmm. were, that was kind of it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so if that's the case, I'm like, well, I can't find any Amber, but you know, whatever. I got the sarcophagus, so let's just go check this place out and see what's going on. All right. So uh, in proper Lovecraft Country tradition, you'll have to catch a bus. Nice. And that'll get you out to um, to the adjacent uh, town by 10 a.m. So this would be the next day. Oh, by the way, you actually picked up some stuff for reading that journal. Ooh. Uh, first of all, you lost uh, 1D2 sanity. So let me go ahead and roll that for you here. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Oh. All right. So that's actually, that's fine. That's two divided by 
two, so that's one. Oh. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so you lost one point of sanity. Okay. You also um, picked up one point of Cthulhu Mythos. Ooh. Yeah. One point of Cthulhu Mythos. Don't mind if I do. I believe mm-hmm. that makes my Mythos score a robust <laughs> one. <laughs> one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I gotta go to Yeah, and it took you about four hours to read through that thing. So basically, you know, um montage as as the you know, you sitting um glued to this journal on your hotel bed as the light dimmed outside, you know, and by the time you were done, it was nearly dark. Um oh, you also get a check in a cult. So Ooh. just in case you ever play this character again, go ahead and check your cult. <laughs> Will do. Never know. You never know. You never know. Yeah. And yeah, okay, that's it. And uh yeah. and I don't think I wait, did oh wait, and I I passed a roll earlier, didn't I? You did, but um let's see. One you had to spend luck on and you, you don't get checks for that. Oh, that's right. And then I think I I, I do remember contemplating whether to give you a check on another one I decided not to. Okay, so. fair. Fair. <laughs> I'll, <laughs> take, I'll take it. Because I stingy. I mean, stingy keeper. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like. It. I want to work for it. <laughs> That's right. You got to earn it. I feel like you earned those checks. Totally. Oh yeah. So yeah, I I'm just like, well, I'm I'm gonna go catch a bus ticket then, and um, and we'll get out to uh, what was the what was the address again? Ross. Well, you're going to Ross's Corners, and um, this is the Arkham to to Worcester bus. Okay. And um. And then the uh, farmhouse is just outside of town, apparently. Okay. Well, then I'll put my hat on and my uh, my autumn jacket, my autumn coat. Yes. And, uh, and hit the bus. All right. So yeah, it's another another chill autumnal day here Ooh. in Massachusetts as you board the. Mm. Uh, rattle trap bus and it heads off down the road belching blue smoke behind it uh, along the turnpike out towards Worcester and um, about an hour later it uh, wheezes to a stop outside the general store in uh, Ross's corner so there's your general store for you you can pick up your your 10 foot pole and your <laughs> 50 feet of rope perfect uh but de- debarking from the bus you can immediately see this is a town in decline um most of the buildings they haven't had a fresh coat of paint in some time um couple of boarded up businesses on main street here uh it's an old church uh, the general store, of course, combination general store, general store, post office, gas station, kind of a fair, a couple of those big tall pumps out front, you know. And um, is there a creepy yeah. old harbinger out there who's like, yeah, creepy <laughs> old man on a on a rocking chair, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah Just I, keep moving, son. Yeah, <laughs> the old Buckner place. The old Buckner. <laughs> <laughs> you know damn well which war. Um, 
<laughs> yeah, so I guess I'm going to kind of walk, well, are, are, we're, and we're pulled over at this gas station or whatever. Or the, has the bus even been there yet? Oh, uh, yeah, this is as you're as you're descending from the bus. So. Oh, okay, cool. Um, yeah, I just kind of want to look around. And if there is somebody to talk to, I'd, I'd like to go ask them about this property or, um, you know, that kind sure. of thing. No, the general store looks to be open. I mean, it's a somewhat chilly day, so there's nobody like hanging out on the porch or anything. But, you know, there's there's some lights on inside and you can see people moving around. Okay. And I, oh man, I like, how am I carrying around this child-sized sarcophagus? <laughs> <laughs> I imagine, I've, yeah, I've probably like wrapped it up in some paper or <laughs> just clutching it to you like the log lady keep the I have david it, lynch vibes going i have it strapped to my back like a coffin there you go <laughs> i mean you could you could have it back in the box and put some twine around and just be carrying it like that it wouldn't look too unusual you okay know? yeah uh so yeah i kind of want to keep that close to me and um and uh, yeah just walk into the general store you know i imagine there's a little bell chime that goes off mm-hmm. and uh I'm looking around. I'm, I'm, I mean, if something pops out at me, like, oh, this might be useful, like, I'll probably snag it. Otherwise, I'm going to just kind of go for, you know, whoever's working behind the corner, the counter, and, yeah, yeah. and talk to them. So, yeah, yeah, indeed, the, the little bell chimes as you open the door and the screen door creaks shut behind you. And this bring, draws the attention of the half dozen or so locals who are in the store at the moment it's a couple old guys you know propping up a table over in the corner playing chess you know and the uh, couple of local house frows doing their shopping um and a um rather um tall um you know intimidating looking older woman with like kind of steel wool hair pulled back in a in a bun uh is the person working the counter and uh, the immediate impression you get as you take everything in is um, just these kind of blank, these blank looks, you know, like very, very non-committal. Everyone's just kind of staring at you. Oh man. Well, uh, <laughs> I probably do exactly that. I'm like, <clears throat> You know, yeah, like, uh, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, clear my throat yeah. and uh, walk up to the counter. And uh, I'm looking around on the counter to like what, like to just be like, uh, I'll buy this, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so <laughs> I imagine there might be a, like a lighter or something. Okay, sure. Yeah, yeah, like, a little lighter. yeah I'm just gonna grab a lighter and be like, mm-hmm. uh, just one of these, please, and, and slide it across the counter. And start. <laughs> these these are like this predisposable lighters. So I'm just picturing like, yeah, I just need to fill up on tank number one for my Zippo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> bloop bloop. Um, two <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So I'm gonna yeah. W- while I'm kind of like digging around for my water or my water, my uh, my money. I, don't mm-hmm. know I said water. Uh. I'm digging around for my money and I'm like, so, uh, you guys get a lot of traffic out here. Who, who, this is an older lady, right? Older lady. Yeah. yeah so I'm like, I'm like, well, so first of all, I'm, I'm probably like, Oh, 
and it's like it's morning, right? It's like 10 a.m. Is that what we said? Uh, by the time you get there, it's it's about 11. Oh, okay. So it's about 11 a.m. So I'm like, uh, good morning, ma'am. And, uh, you know, how did, how does she react to just me doing that? Um, you got any points in charm? That's a good question. And the answer to it is, uh, no, I have, well, I have 15 in charm, but I think that's the default. Right. Now that would be if you're actively trying to charm her. However, you're a good looking person. People tend to react more positively to that. So why don't we get an app roll? Am I good looking? My app is actually horrendous. I just noticed. <laughs> what? You said you look like Brendan Fraser and Rachel Wise put together. <laughs> what How I dare you lie to me like that? <laughs> what I what I meant was. <laughs> uh, oh wait, hold on. I get a pen. Do I get a penalty? Is this a penalty or a bonus? Oh, I don't know. I lost track. What was the last? The last thing you rolled was a penalty, actually. So this what? would be a bonus. Oh, die, that's right. I that's guess. right. That's right. Bonus die. All right. Yo. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> App of twenty-five. Are you serious? <laughs> that's horrible. That's like that's like deformed. What? Okay, so so we need to backtrack a little bit here. This whole time I was picturing Brendan Fraser in my head. This, this feels like a terrible betrayal. All right, I am actually the I am the the unnameable. You are the unnameable. You are the outsider. I am the outsider. Uh, yeah, you turn and look at a mirror and suddenly realize. Um, no wonder everyone's giving me weird looks. Exactly. Wow. Okay. So what? Uh, let's let's just yeah. Let's take a quick pause here uh, to consider. Now, obviously, you succeeded. So she sees something in you that um, is going to you know get her to open up a little bit. But uh, but what, you know what, what are we dealing with here in terms of appearance? What are, what are we looking like? You, you you scarred up? You missing an eye? Like what's what's going Ooh, on here? That's a good question. Hmm. Uh... Missing a head. Was your, did your head get shot off? You know, like <laughs> I think maybe, I think maybe I have some like serious scarring on the side of my face. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I'm like, oh god, maybe I'm like the hound-ish, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, where like half of my face is like horribly scarred. Um. And that's why I wear my collar turned up in a in a hat. Uh huh. Uh huh. So I try to hide that. That's why I'm like my my good side is Brendan Fraser. <laughs> oh, okay, that's fair. My yeah. left, my bad side looks like you know taffy. <laughs> it's pretty All bad. Right. It's pretty bad. All right. I don't know if it's like a I don't know what kind of scarring it is, but it's really it's just really bad scarring. All right, non-specific scarring. We'll exactly. just leave it there. <laughs> exactly. Leave it at that for now. <laughs> well, obviously, it elicits some sympathy on her part. Um, perhaps she assumes you're a war veteran. You know. Ooh, yeah. Got got that in the war, and um, and so you were asking her if, if this is a lot of a lot of folks stopping off here. Yeah. Okay. Uh. So she says, uh, she says, uh, not too many these days, you know, 
Not as many as, as used to be. What, what brings you here, stranger? Um, I, uh, I kind of look around and I'm like looking over my shoulder. Is everybody still looking at me? No, everyone's kind of gone back to their tasks, you know, almost like they're pointedly ignoring you, actually. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, I'm probably used to this. Um, Do you have any psychology, ooh, perhaps? I don't believe so, but let me double check. Oh, yeah, I, but they fall. Yeah, I, I, I almost put some into psych. I have 10 in psychology. Is that the default? That's the default, yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> Just making sure. Uh-huh. <laughs> I do have anthropology, though, so. <laughs> so I've heard. Um, <laughs> you can roll psychology if you want to get a read on the room. I will. I would like to do that. And this I is guess a, this one would have a penalty die. This is so. probably a penalty die. I guess we're just assuming everything is, oh, oh God. Oh, uh. <laughs> Probably just, you know, Yankee, taciturn, you know kind of attitudes right you know yeah um so i finally like yeah exactly so i i finally dig out some money to pay for this lighter and Mm -hmm. uh i'm like i just got a a somebody left me a bit of property in this area and i was wondering if you could tell me a little bit about it so um she looks quite intrigued by this. She says, is that so? Which uh, which property is it then? I give her the address, or at least like the, you know, the, like the whereabouts. Like it's like a, oh, it's a little farm about, you farm, know. Farmhouse out on Boone Road or whatever. Yeah, some property out on Boone Road, I believe. Um, can you tell me about it? What the farm was used for, perhaps? There's a sound of um, one of the women in the aisles dropping the flower sack that she had just picked up. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> and um, and the, the proprietress narrows her eyes a little bit. She says, well, around here, they say that farmstead is haunted. I don't personally put any (laughs) I don't personally put any truck by those stories taxes are always paid on the place small town folk always make sure they know what's going on local properties who owns them it's our business so if you are the new owner of that farmhouse uh, welcome to the neighborhood but Reason, you know, she kind of motions for you to lean in a little bit. I get in as close as I can. Reason some of these folk are perhaps being a little quiet is uh, yeah, one of our own uh, men went missing last night. Uh, farm, farm, uh, farmer's wife named uh, Maggie, Maggie McFurder, went out after dark to check on the horses and hasn't been seen since. And did the McFurters, uh, do they live around the area, around Boone? They do. Well, I shall uh, keep an eye out on the property. Uh, perhaps she is hiding in the house somewhere, something, one of the horses spooked her, perhaps. Perhaps. If you happen to see her, absolutely bring her. Bring her back into town right away. 
Will do. And um, I, uh, I, 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 I kind of straighten up and uh, I say, "Will, seeing as how uh, we'll be neighbors soon, um, pleased to meet you, man. My name is uh, Victor Hines." Please meet you, Mr. Hines. You can call me Ma, Ma Peters. Yeah, Ma. Uh, or mm-hmm. I, he probably is like Miss Peters. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. You know. Um, thank you. And he, uh, and he, you know, when she's like sliding him in his change, like he probably pushes a, a couple cents back into like the community jar or whatever. Mm. Um, and uh, take my lighter and kind of do one of these. Like I got my thing and now I'm going to go. And I turn around and as I'm, as I'm turning around, I'm, uh, I'm keeping an eye out just to see like if anybody in here is like looking at me still or at all, or maybe after uh, hearing me talk about, owning the the this place like now are people like like looking at me you know um they're giving you a once over again and as you put your hand on the the doorknob to leave one of the one of the old men in the corner says uh just keep walking out boone road till you get to the band out tree struck by lightning over the summer um i uh I nod to her, don't say anything, and and leave this leave the general store. All right. Okie dokie. So it's about midday, and uh, you've got an idea of where to go. You start hoofing it. Yeah, I guess so. I'm gonna pick up my bag, uh, which I guess I pr- I probably would have like emptied my suitcase and put all the stuff that uh, that Rupert gave me into it. Okay, that makes sense, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I don't think the sarcophagus will fit in there, but I've got it tucked under my arm, and uh, I just start just start walking, you know, towards town. Mm-hmm. Got my thumb out, back from the war. <laughs> <laughs> well, so Boone Road is just a little, a little um, one-lane dirt road with, you know, a strip of grass growing up the middle of it. Uh that heads out out of uh, Ross's corners, um, out towards you know you can see a line of woods out along the horizon, and um, so you just start walking. It takes you about forty five minutes hmm. before you spot this sure enough burned out tree situated right at the junction of Boone Road and a little drive that heads off you know, towards the woods, actually. Interesting. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm just going to follow the directions and get to the property. Um, although I am, kind of, I mean, kind of keeping an eye out for um, this missing lady or, like, anybody else who's in the area. Like, have I have I noticed anything peculiar about the area? Like, are, are people out walking around? Are there farmers out? Um, you know, are, it's pretty are, quiet. You know, um, there's you, you spot a couple old farmhouses off in the distance, but they're falling apart, falling to pieces. These are abandoned farms, clearly. Uh, no sign of any people around, just the occasional um, crow alighting upon a, a dead branch and cawing under the gray skies. Nice. 
Um, yeah, as I imagine this kind of like chill breeze shoots through the woods, you know, and I kind of bundle up my coat a little bit and uh, pinch my collar closed as I uh, just try to pick up my pace and, and get to this property because I, I want to be out of here as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. I don't really want to, I, I really don't want to stay the night at this place. <laughs> what if I offered you $200? <laughs> All right. Oh, um, so yeah, so you, you turn off down this gravel path and uh, after not too much further, you catch sight of the farmhouse and there it is. Oh, is this a handout? Hmm. Whoop. Ooh, oh, <laughs> one of these. <laughs> oh, it's one of these things. Oh, God. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. It's like, well, it's time for time to get going. Uh. <laughs> you know what, Rupert? I love you, man, but uh, you got yourself in this mess. You know, right. Get yourself back out. <laughs> Um, yeah, I probably like stop, you know, like I'm looking down at my feet and I'm just trying to stay like huddled up. Um, and, uh, eventually like I stop and look up and I, that's what I see. And, uh, I just wait for him. I just stand there for like a moment and I reflect on like the letters that I read and the journal that I read. And I'm like, you know, it's, you see a house like this and you're like, what could it possibly gone on in there you know like what was what was life like inside that house and and i have a i have an idea and now that i see the house i it it fills me with dread and um i begin to think that maybe maybe rupert wasn't uh maybe he wasn't kidding you know If, if something's in there it's in that attic you know like yeah it feel it just chills me to the bone And then I Not helping matters is the sound of uh, some rusty chains jangling and the chill breeze from nearby. I'm like looking around like, who is that? <laughs> <laughs> trying to find what's going on here. Yeah, you, uh, you spot a, a twisted old oak tree that um, has a couple chains hanging from a, a, a horizontal branch. Uh, sort of reminiscent of like if there was a a swing or something that had been hung from the branch at one time. Mm. Oh, that creeps me the hell out. So I, uh... <laughs> <laughs> that's just about the freakiest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, well, <laughs> I, well, sir. yeah, exactly. And I, and I kind of like steal myself up and take a deep breath and I'm like, all right, Haynes, get it together. And, uh, I uh, kind of lean backwards uh, to gain a little bit of momentum to force my feet forwards and oh, nice. uh, and start walking towards the front door with my... In, I, don't, I, I can't bear to look at this house any more than I have to, so my eyes are back down at my feet and uh, I'm just keeping... Trying, trying not to slip or anything like that and, and just make my way to this damn house. Well, since you're uh, staring at the ground as you walk, why don't we get a spot hidden roll? Ooh. 
I'm actually not terrible at this. All right, so we've we've done a lot of back and forth with bonus and penalties. I'm gonna check with my uh, my bonus and penalty die keeper. <laughs> Advisor. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> and see where we're at here. Oh, yeah. Keeper uh, of record. Reward penalty. Oh, it's bonus penalty. Bonus, bonus, bonus. Oh. Wow. Okay, so I think this is a bonus die. Okay. So I'm gonna do spot hidden. I've got a bonus die. And I still, f- oh, I'm spending the luck, dude. Disgusting. Disgusting. All right. Bless Three points luck. <laughs> Bless <All> luck. Right. <laughs> uh, so I'm at 34 points of luck now, which I don't feel great about. <laughs> I feel wonderful about that. All right. So. <laughs> All right, so uh, as you're walking towards the house, you know, there's all this, like, kind of dead grass and, like, a bunch of weeds. They're dying in the autumn. And um, and they seem particularly thick um, near the front of the house, probably where there was once a vegetable patch, you know. The soil's a little bit more fertile there. Uh, and in amongst the weeds, you do see a small, dark shape just lying still uh i stop and uh i kind of squat down on my haunches and uh and take my hat off and try to i guess push some of the weeds aside to -hmm. see what we to see what we got here uh so you see a a pretty good size like 30 pound Raccoon, probably dead. Probably. Does it smell dead? Um, you don't smell any rotting. Hmm. Um, there's a couple flies crawling over it though. So. Okay. Hmm. Well, I uh, I look around. Is there like a stick on the ground or anything nearby? Sure. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna grab I'm gonna grab the stick, and yeah, uh, this is totally you, you know I have this memory. I went swimming in this place called Raccoon Lake one time. Oh my god! Yeah, back home, and I was very young, but I remember I jumped off the boat, and when I came up, there was this huge bloated raccoon dead in the water, like inches from my face. I mean, I kind of want to say, what did you expect swimming in Raccoon Lake? <laughs> I know. It was pretty horrific. Oh, my God. Uh, so that's what wow. I'm I'm channeling that fear right now. <laughs> good. Very good. Very good. And, uh, yeah, I take the stick and I, I guess, push over this raccoon uh, to see, I don't know, what what's what's going on with it, you know? I mean, it's a dig thing. I got to poke it with a stick. Sure, it's what we primates do. That's true. Um, <laughs> My lizard brain tells me I, I have to try to eat this. Don't <laughs> <laughs> rush. Um, all right, so you you prod it with the stick and it does, it does kind of roll over and exposes its underside. And you can see its uh, chest, like its rib cage, has been hollowed out um, a good good amount, like maybe the diameter of an orange. 
just a big hole in his rib cage. Uh huh. I don't like that. <laughs> no. No. A big hole in its rib cage. My God. Uh, I. Very neat too. It's like a perfect circle. I recoil. Uh, I probably fall back on my on my butt. Yeah. Um. And uh, I I pull my pull my arm in front of my mouth to prevent me from vomiting. Mm-hmm. And uh, I look at it, and is there like. Is like all the meat gone? Are organs in there still? Or well, you'd have to lean in and take a close look. I guess I'm gonna do that. <laughs> I guess I'm gonna have to do that. <laughs> you uh, you recover your wits and lean forward a bit, looking at this hole in its chest, and it's just a dark pit. You know, there, there's no visible organ flesh. To be seen. Okay. Uh, um. I uh, I I stand. I guess I, I I take whatever gold it had and I stand up. <laughs> yeah. Hold on. Let me just make some rolls here. <laughs> Eighteen <laughs> copper pieces. Nice. Um. <laughs> I stand up and uh, and. Uh, brush off my uh my my knees and my and my rear end mm-hmm. <laughs> and then uh and i i look back up at the house uh with a shutter and i i recall the lesions on uh poor rupert mm-hmm. and uh i wonder if whatever ungodly thing did this to this raccoon if it somehow latched its tentacle tentacled uh i'm using tentacles loosely here uh, if it somehow <laughs> if it somehow got its greasy mitts. <laughs> exactly if it somehow got its greasy mitts on on old rupert mm. and uh uh ugh, i i guess i start walking to the door ugh. all right yeah hey Ah, all right. So, um, so yeah. So there, there are some woods. <laughs> there are some woods, uh, well beyond the farmhouse, right? Well, not well beyond, but you know, fifty yards out from the farmhouse. Um, there's an old well uh, near the front porch. Um, and uh, and then yeah, it's the the front door itself. Oh, uh, and you can see the the peak of a sagging barn out behind the farmhouse at this ooh, point. Ooh, nice! Love a good sagging barn. Oh yeah. Um, grew up in Sagging Barn, Minnesota. Dude, uh, for real. Every, I mean, drive twenty minutes from my hometown in any direction, you're gonna see a bunch of barns <laughs> that be sagging. Uh, <laughs> um. Man. Um, okay, I I kind of straighten myself up and I'm like I'm not like I'm not gonna let this thing, you know, or or, or these feelings get a hold of me. I'm a I'm a literary man. I'm a man of science, mm, and mm, I'm an mm. educated man. Certainly. Uh, and I, you know, 
live behind a theater with a mask on my face and <laughs> you haunt the Paris Opera House. That's right. <laughs> you, you you sing to women through one-way mirrors. <laughs> Oh god. Uh I'm now kind of I'm I'm Brendan Fraser and Gerard Butler. <laughs> but a twenty five app. Anyways. Right. Uh, right. so alright, yeah. So I, I steal myself and I'm like, alright, Victor, open the damn door and I reach into my pocket and uh I get the I get the key mm-hmm. and uh you know, one last thing. You know, while I was on the bus here, I probably would have examined the deed. Mm-hmm. That's probably would have been a good thing to do, just in case anybody like, uh, you know, is is waiting here and they're like, "Hey, what are you doing here? You know, how'd you get that key?" <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I guess yeah. Like, I I think back to when I was on the bus <laughs> examining the deed, and uh-huh. uh, like, was there anything? curious about the deed uh or was it just like a standard property deed signed over to me yeah it was it was signed over to you so you are the legitimate owner now so yeah okay and then no like uh no secret messages on the back or anything like that that's like hey you know like you might need xyz if you go to this place <laughs> yeah be sure to take uh some lollipops with you yeah that for thing real. Loves lollipops. i'm like oh, i got all i got is this damn zippo <laughs> oh one thing there is an oil lamp hanging on a hook oh. next to the front door uh like a like a porch light kind of deal you know except you can actually pick it up off the hook um however a cursory look at it tells you there is no wick in the in the lamp bah. uh all right my wick knowledge is a little you know wanting <laughs> is there anything special that a wick is made out of or can i like fashion one quickly i believe they're cotton they're like a woven woven cotton or some kind of fabric um okay. Yeah, I mean, you you could fashion one. It would be pretty, pretty jury rig. You'd probably be. Make, I mean, how's your mechanical repair skill? You know, <laughs> like we're, we're we're playing with forces we cannot comprehend here. There's a jury rigging an oil lamp. <laughs> Set the whole house on fire. I know. Well, my mechanical repair, I believe, is the default ten. So uh-huh. I'm not worried uh-huh. about it. But you know, I think it's going to be more dramatic that all I have is this little lighter. I love it. I love so, it. Yeah. I'm way more into that. Um, yeah. Like I said, all Same. my fails are partial successes. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, all right. Yeah. So I uh, I take out the key. Does how does the key look? Is it is it like a just a regular old house key? Is there is there? It's it's kind of an older key to fit this older lock. You know, so it's one of those classic kind of barrel shaped constructions with the little intricate you know, tumbler mechanism on it. Um, probably forged during the Civil War or some or possibly earlier, you know. Well, if it doesn't work, I've got a ton in locksmith. <laughs> I'm just mm. ready to burn it, baby. Damn right. Oh, also uh, uh, an occult roll, if you would, please. Oh, an occult roll, David. Uh, yes. I believe I get a bonus die for this. 
you had two bonuses in a row, so that sounds right to me. I think now I have four. Ooh, how generous. Four total. I know. my You guys are uh, MVPs. I, although, now that Rainy's back, I suspect I'll be flooded with <laughs> penalty <laughs> dice. <laughs> flooded. All right. Let's see. All right. The occult roll, ooh, which is already checked. Nice, nice. A generous five. And I get a bonus die on here. Come on, ba- oh, nope, okay. <laughs> wow, that was the best one. That, that was, was the, the best, best one. one. So, All right. a good old 74 out of five. <laughs> so, uh, as mentioned, there are um, carvings in the lintels of the doors and windows. And uh, what oh, these okay. may mean, you have no idea. Yeah, I'm curious. Um, do they look, uh, you know... I- um, Victor is a uh, educated man, so um, do do these symbols do they do they look similar to what was inside the sarcophagus? No. Okay. No, they're totally different. Okay. It's basically um, the ghost, but the ghost. <laughs> Ray. <laughs> looking at his Ray. He's looking at his Ray. Um, okay. So, well, I reach into my pocket and I get this dang key out and I'm, I look up at these ominous occult uh, symbols and before they freak me out too much, I kind of like, you know, I, I tuck in and look down at the lock and start um, unlocking the door and, and turning the handle. All right, well, I hate to stymie your locksmithing uh, <laughs> moment of glory, but the key... <laughs> turns relatively easily in the lock hey, and uh, doing it like my dad taught me you know <laughs> using the key using the key <laughs> it's rule zero of locksmithing is always try a key rule, first <laughs> rule zero <laughs> have you tried unlocking it with a key yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right <laughs> all right so the uh the front door creaks open on rusty hinges and uh, you can see inside um, forgot to mention earlier but you know obviously just standing here you can tell um, you know out of all the panes of glass and all the windows fully at least half of the panes have been smashed out Uh, the panes that are still remaining are essentially frosted with you know years of grime and dirt and so forth Mm. Uh, but the house is somewhat open to the elements even with the doors and windows shut due to that so um, of course it's daytime so you can see in quite quite easily and uh, what you're seeing is apparently a front room of some kind a very foul odor wafts out Mm. uh, from within as you stand there on the porch I take out my a clean handkerchief and uh-huh. uh, you know hold it over my face my 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 nose and mouth as i mm-hmm. uh, stifle out a good god um <laughs> yeah and, it's it's um it's it's almost kind of acidic mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. um okay yeah i uh <laughs> it's a bit like form- formic acid you know like when you you're crushing ants. And oh, fingers smell like oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Crushed ants. Yeah. Mm. Um, 
Okay. Yeah. I, uh, I say that's, you know, I, I think like that's peculiar, but I, I didn't do, I didn't do too well in uh, the chemistry department. So, mm-hmm. um, I, I, I don't know how much I would be willing to divine from that, but I, I do walk in and, uh, you know, I'm I'm feeling reasonably reasonably confident. I mean, this is a spooky place to be in, and uh, Rupert obviously had a lot of like trauma from this area. You know, um, uh, but if he if what he says is correct, and uh, whatever was here um, really was here, then uh, when he died, uh, it could then leave so that's kind of what i'm i'm, I'm like all right if, if that if that thing is here uh then it you know it you know whatever like there, there's not much i can do about it but if if it's real and it could have gone then maybe it's not here you know so that's uh, a logical path of reasoning yeah so i just start walking and uh I, I'm, I'm looking for like you know, the signs from the letter. Like, I'm looking for the pentagram on the floor, and I'm looking for um, the chair that Rupert sat in in the corner. Um, or um, maybe, like, some leftover occult remnants. Like, I know that, I know they, I remember they went back and got their belongings, but they, they may have left something behind. I don't know. Or maybe right. Rupert came back and left something for me. He knew that something was going to mm-hmm. happen, you know? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let me let me give you a little pocket description of of what's in this room then. So, uh, first of all, there's thick coating of dust on every horizontal surface. Surface. Um, the floorboards are uh, also covered in leaves and uh, just sort of you know rotted organic material that's blown in. Um, the floorboards themselves are a bit warped from dripping water coming through the ceiling. Uh, but there is um, some empty shelves on the walls. There's an iron stove resting against a wall with the pipe still connected to the outside. A round table with chairs sits near the stove. Um, there's an old couch and a matching wing chair, both quite moldering and uh, decrepit. And uh, on the far side of the room, there's also a, a just a little pass-through on the wall to your left to another room. And then just beyond that pass-through, you see a narrow little hole in the floor, like probably for a cellar, you know, stairs leading down. Oh, God. Oh, and uh, make a listen roll too, please. Ooh. Playing this by yourself is very scary. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Uh, oh, let's see here. I'm, I'm uh, keeping track of my bonus die by reacting to them in Caitlin and I's Discord chat. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, listen. Oh. Uh, there's, well, there's, where's that at? Oh, there it is. Yeah. Languages. Okay. <laughs> right. Listen comes after languages. I guess so. Um, 
One bonus. Most alphabets. Kapow. There we go. Alright, so um I assume you're entering the farmhouse. Yes. Yes, I am enter- I am entering. Um and yeah, that's where I'm kind of like keeping um uh, kind of a lookout for all these for all these things and it even kind of like uh well it's like midday it's like noon right yeah 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 okay. gray skies though so it's a little lights a little dim but not not too bad I'm, i might even look since the stove has pipes that are still connected i might even look uh in the stove to see if there's like material to get a fire going since i have a lighter you know just to make my stay here a little more bearable all right. So uh so you walk in, the stove's actually yeah, not not too far from the front door there. So logically it'd be one of the first things you check out. And it's you know, a classic old Victorian stove with the you know filigree on it and everything. And uh you turn the handle and you open the door, and you see inside it's just old ashes and a uh dead robin that apparently flew down the pipe and couldn't get back out died a miserable death inside this cast iron stove and basically mummified. Wow. Jeez. But I love mummies. So So as you're taking that in, um, I'm like, Ooh, uh, mummy. (laughs) Mummy. As you're taking that in, uh, you hear something coming from beneath the floorboards. Oh God. Some kind of movement, you know, just a little like, squeak of something and then something getting pushed aside. Um, I think like it's probably a damn raccoon stuck down there. Um, so I, uh, you know, and, and thinking that it might, um, suffer some terrible fate, just like this Robin or the raccoon outside. Mm. Um, I'm like, yeah, I, I need, you know, whatever poor creature is stuck down here, I need to go help it. So, um, I, uh, yeah, I just walk over to the cellar and, um, it, is, is there a door to the cellar? Is it like a, or is it just an open hole? Yeah, it's, it's just a, a little hole cut into the floor. There's some stairs, steep stairs leading down. Okay. Yeah. So I'll get there. Oh, and, and uh, oh, go ahead. Check your listen before I forget. Oh, Dunka. There we go. Um, yeah, so I'll go over there and, you know, I'll light my Zippo <laughs> so that I have a ah, little, ah, ah. like, inches of light in front of me. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm like, I'm like, come on, Victor. Like, there's nothing down there or whatever it is. It's just some kind of animal that's stuck. You know, we'll just get the damn thing out and then we'll go on our way. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's what I'm doing. And I, I light, okay. I light my Zippo and I start walking down these stairs. All right. So the, uh, the flickering light from your Zippo provides, um, you know, meager lighting. Um, but, um, you can just barely make out, you know, the stairs in front of you and, um, you know, the fact that you're entering into a earthen floored, uh, cellar of some kind. Um, 
As you reach the bottom of the stairs, please make a spot hidden roll. Ooh. Okay. Spot hidden, and I will get a <clears throat> bonus die on this. Okay. I've got one more bonus, and then we're starting to get back into penalties. <laughs> oh, good. We're getting to penalty land. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Spot hidden, bonus one. A narrow success. Ooh, all right. Um, okay. Uh, next question would be, do these bonus and penalty dice apply to keeper rolls as well, or are they just for you? Oh, that's a good question, dude. What do you guys think? What does the chat think? Yeah, what does chat think? Does Do these bonus and uh, penalty die apply to all die rolls? That's a good question. I am keeper rolls too. I am kind of, uh, I like that idea. Yeah. So you get a bonus die on this next one and then I will get a penalty die on whatever happens. Okay. Whatever happens nice. next. All only, right. Only bonuses for the keeper. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. That's hardcore. Yeah. That's keeper. God mode. God mode. That's how I like to play. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and how do I how do I indicate a bonus? Oh, die um, with this? Uh, so you should click the skill, mm-hmm. and then uh, it may ask you bonus or bonus or penalty. In which case, you will select that, and then it'll ask you how many die, and you'll put one. If not, you'll just make the roll, and then uh, underneath you'll see it says bonus and penalty, and you can just bonus click. penalty. Yeah, you can click that. Cool. Okay. All right, so basically, you get to the bottom of the stairs, you have your Zippo, and out of the corner of your eye, something is just rushing at you. And you just get like this split second of warning that gives you enough time to kind of flinch away from it uh, as something swings a table leg at your head. Oh my God. And um, I mean, yeah. What am I, am I due for a bonus or a penalty on this? I think you're due for a bonus on this one. All right. I got a hard success. Can't do much better than that. But uh, if I get an extreme success, so. Okay. uh, Yeah. Okay. We're good. So um, got a hard success, four points of damage. So you are clocked by this uh, table leg. Oh my God. Four points of damage. Uh I have eight hit points left. (laughs) Holy mackerel. Wow. Okay. You are. (laughs) Wow. All right. So. That's, uh, ooh, I believe that would be a major wound. Uh, oh, no. Half your hit points. So. <laughs> uh, no, 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 here. no, 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 wait, I have, I have, uh-huh. I have 12 wounds total. Okay. And then the four took me down to eight. Okay. Thank goodness. I'm like, how does he have not eight hit points? That is, <laughs> wow. Okay. Good, good, good. Oh All right, so gosh. you did not take a major wound, which is good. Yeah. Uh, you did not crack your skull open. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's it, folks. <laughs> yeah, good game, everybody. As your brains ooze out on the floor like <laughs> oh strawberry jam. Um, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> All right, so um, let's see here. Uh, you took four points of damage and, um, so yeah, so you, you got this crack on your noggin, you, you're seeing stars and then 
is there's like this man, there's a man and he's just trying to barrel past you. And, and he's just kind of grunting at you as, as he's trying to push you aside, you know, it's all happening very fast. So what do you want to do? Do you want to fight back? Do you want to let him just run past you? What are you going to do? Um, I'm not going to try to fight back. I'm just going to like hold my head and be like, ah, and, uh, <laughs> and kind of like yeah. turn around and be like, good God, man, what are you doing here? <laughs> Who are you? All right, so all you see is this this person just like thundering up the steps. Um, uh, you get this, you know, impression uh, in the in the dim light of the Zippo of you know kind of raggedy clothes, um, and then he's just out. And then you hear the you hear the back door slam. Actually, I'm gonna, after you know, <laughs> I'm gonna try to like run up after him. Then I mean, I don't, I don't know how fast. Like, is this dude crazy fast? What's your move rate? My move rate is uh, magic points, education power. Is that going to be? Is that's not a skill, is it? Or is that a no? It's a derived. It's a derived stat. Uh, I'm not sure where it is on this character sheet, but it's usually somewhere around your hit points and uh, you know other sorts of derived statistics like that. Uh, let me see here. Uh, intelligence, power, luck, education, appearance, dex, blah, blah, blah. Size? No. Weird. I don't see uh, my move rate. How strange. Uh, there, all right. Dexterity. Oh, wait. No. Movement rate. Nine. There we go. It's in the combat tab. Oh, all right. That makes sense. Uh, nine. So, okay. You're you're pretty fast. You're, you're, you know, you're speedy on your feet. So, okay. uh, yeah, you could give chase if you want. If I think I can, if I think I can, like, get this guy, I'm going to go after him. Mm-hmm. Okay. If he's like um, Usain Bolt, like whoosh, out of the door, I'm gonna be like, whatever, like <laughs> just some, just some squatter, you know. Yeah, yeah. All right. Why don't you? Uh, why don't you give me a dexterity roll then? Okay. And now this is gonna be a penalty die. Oh boy. But I've made it work. Oh God, no, it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> and now I need to roll his decks. Am I uh, bonused or penaltyed? Oh man, that's a good question. Um, I believe bonus penalty. Uh, you are bonused. <laughs> wow. All right. All right. Well, that would be a failure, but I also rolled a nine, so it is a failure as well. Okay. Oh my gosh. Wow. Now what Actually, happens? Yeah, oh, you, that's, that's kind of a, oh. that's a fumble, actually. So, um, so he trips yeah. or something? Yeah, he trips at the top of the stairs. So even though you're a little slow, uh, he trips and falls. Oh my god! So, um, yeah. Now, technically, you both failed, so we do need to roll again. However, I'm going to give you a bonus die, oh. which which may offset a penalty die. I don't know. No, I actually get a bonus. I get a pen. Or wait, hold on. Oh yeah. Okay. So the next one is a penalty. So, so that would offset it. So it should okay. be a straight roll. Just a straight dex roll, right? Uh-huh, yeah. Success. Nice. And now I have to roll him, and I'm going to give him a penalty. Is that offset by a bonus, or is it doubled? It is a dub- doubled penalty. It is double penalty. And then we'll have – oh, and then Rainy just did a bonus die. So whoever rolls after this gets a bonus. Okay. <laughs> yeah! All right. Yeah, so that's a failure regardless. So – um Okay, yeah. So he uh, 
he's a little too slow getting back up and then you're just right on top of him and so for the first time he's just like get off me man let me go yeah i i get this dude by like uh like his shirt you know like over here on his chest and i like get him onto his back and uh i kind of like shake him around a little bit and i'm just like who are you slow down like i'm not i'm not gonna hurt you i just want to know who you are and why you're here Okay, so um, let's see. Do uh, make a psychology roll for me, real quick here. Hmm. And I'm going to get a bonus die for this. Nice, nice. Not that I think it's going to help much. <laughs> nope. Oh, all right. <laughs> he, I, I'm, um, I'm still frazzled. I mean, my I just got clocked in the head. Yeah, no doubt. You can feel the blood trickling down from your temple, actually. Oh, um, and he uh, he seems equally frazzled. His his eyes are wild. Um, you know, he's got he's he's um, definitely been living rough. He's he's got a, a you know fairly fairly robust beard. His clothes are are a bit raggedy. Uh, you know, he's wearing like kind of a stained coat and uh, no tie or anything. You know no hat and uh and he's just he's just trying to basically fight you off and he's like get off me get off me it's gonna get you too get off me let me out of here i just wanted my stuff just let me go let me go please i'm gonna say um i'm just gonna be like tell me your name like who's who are you do you do you know uh rupert merriweather I don't know no Merriweather, no. Just let me go. Well, I'm just going to let him go. I'm going to be like, get out of here. Like, I feel like, I mean, do I feel like I'm not going to get anything out of him? He seems, yeah, the psychology role is basically get a read on, like, how you might calm him down. So you oh, have no right. idea. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so. I'm just going to be like, get out of here, dude. Like, don't come back onto my property. You know, yeah. whatever yeah. you left here, it's mine now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, so yeah, he scrambles to his feet, looks at you for like a beat and then just runs, he runs through the, the pass through into the back room as I, you know, had him doing preemptively earlier. Uh, and you, you hear like the sound of like something being like very hurriedly scooped up from a table and then the back door is slamming. Hmm. Okay. Well, I rub the back of my dang head. Um, and I see a, you know, I look at my hand. This is another one, dude. I I split my head open one time and uh, totally like it didn't hurt that bad. But then I saw all the blood on my hand and I was like, oh, God. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'll bleed. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I get out my friggin' handkerchief. It's been the MVP <laughs> of this adventure. <laughs> Handkerchief of healing. Yeah. For real. <laughs> I shake it out and kind of wipe my hand off, and then I like hold it in the back of my head, and uh, I look around again. You know, and I go and I go back to that back room where I heard him like scooping stuff up, and um, make. Is there anything else in the room? The doors. The I heard the door slam, but I want to make sure yeah. he's gone. And he's definitely gone. Um, and. Let's see. 
So the back room is about the same size as the front room. Um, and in here, there's a large uh, kind of rustic style fireplace, you know, hmm. uh, made out of like local stone and whatnot, uh, set into the opposite wall. Um, and then there's um, next to the, uh, the fireplace itself seems to have been recently used because there's like some freshly burned uh, remnant log remnants in it. Um, there's uh, some blankets on the floor next to the fireplace and an empty Campbell's pork and beans can next to the blankets. <laughs> nice. Um, there is a table uh, immediately to your right, pushed up under a, a window. Um, and, uh, and then to your left, there's a little wing back, uh, stuffed armchair. Hmm. Okay. Um, well, I mean, I'm, I'm, I guess, uh, I'm going to go like pick this, all this junk up and like put it on the table. So it's out of the way, like out of the floor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, do I notice, is there anything like. Uh, anything unexpected in there or uh, something not as it appears. I'm basically just picking stuff up and getting it out of the way. Yeah. Um, it's just like a wool blanket. Um, you can see some muddy boot prints on the floor that, you know, this guy was wearing boots. So, right. you know, seems okay. to, seems to line up. Um, uh, as you're moving around, you do notice in the ceiling of this room, there is a trap door. And uh, it also has those same symbols that have been carved over all the lintels carved into it. Well, I remember them saying that that it was trapped in the, in the attic. Mm-hmm. And I would be a fool if I didn't acknowledge the, the guy was like, it's going to get you too. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I think this stuff is becoming like more and more real, but there's something in Victor that's like fighting against believing it. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, okay. So all right, so the front room, I didn't really see anything particularly interesting in there. Um No. Okay. And then yeah. this room is kind of whatever. It's got a bunch of junk in it and then like a a fireplace. I'm going to look in the fireplace though and see if any of the logs are like usable. Like I I was going to make a fire in the stove earlier, but now that there's a fireplace, I'm like, Oh cool. Maybe I'll just use this. Um, yeah, you you know, a a couple of the, a couple of the logs weren't burned down all the way. So you could reposition them and and get a little fire going for sure. I think I'm going to do that. Um, and I think he does that not just to get a little bit of warmth, but also to bring a little bit of normalcy to the room, mm-hmm. you know, just so it's not so mm-hmm. lifeless. Like there's something happening in here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, um, you know, it takes you 20 minutes or so to get a good fire fire up, but um, you know, there are a couple other unburnt logs let, or not logs, but you know, pieces of, uh, of, Driftwood, not driftwood. What the heck do they call it? You know, fallen branches. Oh, right? okay. oh uh, yeah, yeah, kindling. That <laughs> uh, this guy, you know, apparently harvested, um, and uh, yeah, you get a decent fire going. Cool, dope. Well, once that's done, I will 
ominously, I'll, I'll look up at the attic, uh, hatch, um, you know, like pretending that like, I haven't been ignoring it the entire time. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. And then kind of like, you know, get my hands out of the heat of the fire and, um, and rub them together and, and you know, look up at this thing again and, and just shake my head and be like, damn it, Heinz, just, you know, let's come on, let's do this. And, uh, is there like a chain or anything that's like hanging down from the, from the hatch or is it just like sealed off? It's the kind that you would push in, oh. as, you know, like push up and in. Okay. Well, up there. Then I'm going to, uh, I guess I'll move the table over. Um, and then stand on top of it, check, check to make sure it's not going to fall underneath me, you know, check it's, uh, it's sturdiness. And, Mm -hmm. uh, and if it seems, uh, sound, then I will stand up on it and, uh, and push up. Uh, Well, I'll put my hand against it, uh, at first, you know, and then I, I go to move it, but my hand doesn't really move. And then, uh, (laughs) I, I kind of close my eyes and, I shake my head and just I'm like grunting like damn it and then I like thrust my hand through the uh through the hatch and open it and then I almost like sit there like with my eyes closed ready to <laughs> just get murked by whatever is hiding in there or and then I'll wait a right. few moments I guess Yeah so you you're just throwing the door open I just throw it you're open. not actually yeah Okay. So yeah, so you're, you're standing, you're standing on this table and you're kind of in a half crouch because if you stood up all the way, your head would go up through the, through the hatch. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so you're just looking up into the the darkness of this attic. There are apparently no windows up there, um, but there are like some vents or something that's allowing a little bit of, of, uh, of, uh, you know, ambient light in. But it's pretty much pitch black, you know. You you can just barely make out the beams in the in the roof above. Um, the main thing is that that kind of formic acid smell is overwhelming, and it's just pouring down yeah. out of this attic. Yeah. Well, I put my uh, put my my sleeve back up to my mouth, and um. If nothing happens after a few moments, then I I will get out my Zippo and, uh, you know, open up a flame and, uh, stick my head through the, through the, through the hatch very cautiously at first, uh, you know, just my eyes and then looking around with the little Zippo right here. And if I, if I don't sense anything, I'll, I'll just keep going, you know? All right. So you can uh, hear the blood in your ears as your heart starts to pound. There's a almost instinctual part of your brain that's telling you this is dangerous. And you straighten up a bit more, a bit more, and you're really not seeing anything. There's, there's like nothing in this attic, absolutely nothing. You're looking around and then seemingly out of nowhere the sound of running footsteps coming straight at you oh <laughs> oops there goes my camera that scared, that scared me <laughs> the camera. uh 
Holy shit. And um, I'm going to need a dodge roll, please. Oh, my gosh. I've been waiting for this moment my entire life. This is our penalties on this one. Uh, I'm checking that right now. Uh, I'm at a, uh, we have bonus penalty and then bonus coming up. So this is at a bonus. Oh, that's good timing. Oh, no. Wait, 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 wait. What was that? Uh, hold on. Versus, navigate. Versus tent. Yeah, I know. I was like, what the heck? <laughs> Let's not do navigate. <laughs> Let's do, do that. dodge. There we go. Bonus. Submit. One die. There we go. Dodge. Regular. Hard success. All right. (laughs) My life ahead. (laughs) (sighs) All right. So, um, all right. So, uh, yeah, something comes running at you and you just drop back instinctually. You know, you, you just duck out of the way, but it's, it's just, it's like, this fight or flight mechanism. So you just you just drop onto the table and then bounce off the table onto the floor, basically. Um, since you got an extreme success, uh, normally it would be just, for, uh, just a hard hard success. Yeah, hard. Well, nonetheless, hard okay. success. Uh, normally it'd be D three damage from the fall. I'm just going to say it's one point of damage. Nice for the heart. Yeah. Um. But seven <laughs> <laughs> eighty. <laughs> Nevertheless, uh, yeah, so you, you drop down, and as you're lying there on the floor looking up, the, the hatch of the attic just slams shut. Oh, man. Um, instinctually, I want to mm-hmm. just run out of the house screaming. <laughs> oh, hell no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um so, so just to emphasize what happened, you were looking straight at whatever was running at you and you saw nothing, but it had a physical presence. It, you saw, you actually saw some dust coming up off the, the boards in the attic. Disgusting. Ugh. Ugh. Okay. Um, yeah, I probably get up and I'm like freaking out, you know, I, I gotta be like, yeah. Oh my God, what, what the, what the hell was that? Like, I, I didn't see anything. There was nothing there. But I heard it. Uh, there was there were signs. Uh, could I get a sense of how big it was? Like were they? It, little, little... You know, it sounded like the equivalent of if a full-grown man was running towards you. Ugh, that's horrific. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh my god! What do I even do against this thing? I I start looking around and I'm like, oh my god. Uh, okay, well. Is the I look up? Is the hatch? Is did the hatch close as well? Since I wasn't pushing up on it. Exactly. Yeah. It was. It was. It, it wasn't so much slammed by by force, but by you know just the motion of you dropping, and then yeah, you weren't holding it anymore. So. Uh, I guess I'm. I'm just listening now. Like, do I hear anything else? Uh, do I? I don't know. Is it what's going on up there? Yeah, it's totally silent now. Ugh. Uh, I probably, uh, I stop and like my hair oh. is, oh, by the way, sanity roll, please. I was going to say, <laughs> I was going to say, this sounds yeah. like I needed this. I need one, uh, normal sanity roll. Here we go. Whoa. All right. Good job. Dang, Good job. That's crazy. 
Well, I probably still take sanity damage though. <laughs> you do lose a point. Yeah, you do lose a point. That's um, and actually, uh, as you are as you are staring up at this trap door, you do begin to hear a low growling sound coming from the attic. Disgusting. Um, <laughs> unacceptable. Unacceptable. Also, uh, Dayton Ober, thank you for the $20. Um, yes. Oh, man. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm standing there. I'm sweating. My head is still bloody from the wound. Um, my eyes are, like, shot open, you know, like, darting around. I'm, like, listening for this thing. When I hear the growling, I just go into the I go into the main room again mm-hmm. uh, I'm not I'm not trying to be stealthy or anything like that I just go in there and I go straight for my suitcase <laughs> and uh, I rip it open and I start like going over the letters like frantically trying to figure out like what the hell this thing is. is is there a way to kill it is there a way to trap it like what am I supposed to do and then I start thinking like how could Rupert like do this to me uh he didn't he didn't give me any instructions he didn't tell me what to do you know like i Mm. i i need instructions he should know this he's a professor i'm a student and i start like just regret a syllabus totally yeah yeah, exactly (laughs) i and i totally start like regressing like to this like student mentor Mm. uh uh kind of thing where like i'm bitching about my college professor uh and uh yeah i'm like i said i'm just frantically going through my suitcase looking for like the like how you would scan a book just being like where's the one word i'm looking for all right well you remember rupert's letter said please forgive me for what i asked you to do so there you go Uh, we'll see Um, so I think your, your eyes would light upon the relevant passage from March 26th in the journal. We now believe that the spell we cast to summon it inextricably bound the thing to the house. Alan went back this morning to retrieve some of our belongings and store our ritual accoutrements. That's right. So now I'm like, okay, so now I'm looking around and I'm like, all right, where would they have stored this stuff? They definitely want to put it in the attic. Um, right. You, you, you saw for yourself. There is nothing in that attic. So, and then I start thinking, I'm like, did that bum like run off with all their occult stuff? Uh, and I start freaking out and, um, Mm. man, I don't know what to do. Uh, all right. So I think, I think what I need, Oh, go ahead. I will say that the sound that you heard when whatever he was picking up as he ran out, it didn't sound like it was a lot. It was like, Okay. You know, just like a backpack maybe or a bindle. You know, it was just like he was just he was grabbing his shit basically, you know. So I'm I'm gonna go I don't have anything for um I don't have a wick or anything to use for this oil lantern. Um Mm -hmm. that's outside. So I guess I really have no choice. I'm just gonna go down to the cellar with my lighter and just look around and try to find whatever the hell they hid. All right. So you venture back down these creaking steep stairs. This time, there are no hobos to ambush you. (laughs) Good. (laughs) 
<laughs> no lurking hobos. Um, and uh, yeah, by the by the meager light of your flickering lighter, um, you can see that in the cellar there's you know like a, a workbench uh, type situation. Uh, there is see what else is down here that you can see there's a chair a couple chairs um and uh, you know as you're casting your lighter around a pile of uh lumber there's a there's a ladder and um box of old tools and then a, a tarpaulin covering some sort of large chest you would say there we go well, well, you know what? I think I'm gonna look in these. Okay, so I'm gonna dramatically. I grip the. I grip the cloth. You know me, dude. <laughs> uh-huh. I grip the cloth covering the chest. I fling it back in dramatic fashion, um, and we see this uh, chest dimly lit by the flickering light of a lighter, um, with somehow my like silhouette cast down upon it. And, <laughs> <laughs> and uh i don't expect that it's uh unlocked but i i will try to open it anyways all right and of course this is kind of a low ceiling cellar you know it's only about a, maybe a seven foot ceiling or maybe six and a half okay. uh packed dirt floor it's actually kind of nice down here this is the one part of the oh. property that doesn't smell like formic acid you oh, know nice. so yeah. I'll just stay and, here. And I, exactly. <laughs> just lock yourself down here. Night of Living Dead style, you know. Just wait it out. Yeah. Um, uh, also, I should mention there is another oil lamp on that workbench. Ooh, nice. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna start looking at those and probably the work, probably the toolbox as well. Uh, yeah, but we'll, but we'll get priorities. That. Priorities. Okay. All right. So you have whipped off the tarpaulin, and underneath, sure enough, is an old, you know, late nineteenth century steamer trunk. Ooh. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna try to open it if it's unlocked. Ooh, maybe it's not. Maybe that <laughs> lock needs to be fixed. Now we're talking. <laughs> um, I hearken back to my youth spent as a locksmith with my father. Uh-huh. And uh, let me see here. Oh, buddy, this is a bonus die. Oh yeah. This is a bonus die on my lock picking skill locksmith which is a 51 not bad hard success nice all right definitely check that locksmith oh yeah and uh yeah that that lock yields to you like it was like it was made for your lock picks mm. you are the you are the key master <laughs> are you the gatekeeper and so you lift the lid of the steamer trunk and uh what you are seeing uh within are a bunch of folded up pieces of black cloth and a handwritten letter uh resting on top you also see that same kind of occult warding sigil carved into the interior underside of the lid of this trunk. Cool. 
All right. Well, I know my Zippo's only gotten me so far, um, and I now need b- use of both of my hands. I think so. Okay. Well, I, mean, I don't know, but it would also look very dramatic to read this letter by lighter lamp, lighter light. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's what I'm gonna very do. True. <laughs> All right. Yeah, because I I wouldn't be like, oh, I need to sit this down and go get a lantern. I'd just be like, no, I, I'm I'm opening this. I'm opening this thing, and then I'm I'm holding my lantern in front of my face between me and the letter, and I'm I'm reading the letter as fast as possible. All right, we've got another handout. <gasps> oh my god! There's nothing. <laughs> That's very strange. Oh, why did they put it in the? <laughs> they they messed up on the formatting. They put it in the GM notes section. Nice. Uh, which you cannot see. So <laughs> I'm going to move that here uh, up to description. There we go. That should do the trick. And let's try that again. There we go. Nice. 23rd, March, 1877. I don't know why I'm putting this down on paper. Classic Lovecraft there. It's probably All a right. bad idea, but I feel the need to leave some kind of explanation for my ac- actions and intent. When I look at the sarcophagus from my uncle, I did not think it would be missed. Oh, when I took. I expected to be able to research it and return it later. I was such a fool. Despite believing in the powers we tried to summon, I grossly misunderstood the consequences. Now Robert is dead and Harold a madman. I'm going back to the farmhouse to organize our things. I dread stepping foot inside that place again, but I must make sure that our materials will be available again when we need them. Since the others are too shaken to attempt a banishment of the creature, I can only hope that the thing hasn't the power to remain in our reality for more than a few hours or days. At least it's bound to the house itself. I shall search for any means to destroy it before the last of us passes from this world and its release from the house, if it is still there. I believe I know where I can find the knowledge I need to drive the creature away without assistance from others. I hear tales of mystics in New Orleans, and I know uh, much of the true magics of the world. I am leaving the gold box in Rupert's care. I told him not to sell it or have it appraised by anyone, but did not tell him why. He also seemed puzzled by my insistence to not live in Boston, but I believe he trusts my judgment not to go into danger unwittingly. My uncle does not know about our dark brotherhood, so Rupert and the others will be safe from anyone looking for it. I'll be back to put things right again. Marion Allen. P.S. I write this before I close the lid on the trunk. The thing is still in the attic of the house. It seemed to recognize me and spoke foul curses at me. I will carve protective wards on the trunk to prevent my any tampering with its contents, just in case. Interesting. Uh, I immediately, like, set the letter aside and start looking through the chest. Lighting the lamp at this point, I assume? Yeah, might as well light the lamp. <laughs> this one has a wick, and it's uh, got oil in it as well, so. Nice. All right, so by the light of the lamp, uh, you begin to take out the cloth, the black cloth and very quickly discern these are six black hooded robes. Dope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, emptying those out of the, the uh, trunk, you see lying at the bottom, a cigar box. I will open the cigar box. 
Okay. Lifting it out, you can see it's a brand from the 1870s. Uh, but within, there are no cigars. Instead, there is a small metal canister, a smaller wooden box with a sliding lid, uh, and then, uh, let's see, a sheaf of yellowed papers. Interesting. Uh, I'm going to pick up the papers first. Mm-hmm. All right. So these are handwritten. Um, you recognize the handwriting matches the letter you just read, written by Marion Allen. Okay. Um, six of the sheets are identical. Um, they appear to be some sort of Latin uh, verse. I took Latin. You did. Uh, and then the next sheet identifies this verse as a chant uh, copied out of De Vermis Mysterious. And it also states that while the original chant detailed the ritual for, quote, releasing the spirit trapped inside the ancient amber, several words within the incantation, incantation have been replaced changing the original summoning ritual to one of exorcism so that it may be used to dispel the vile spirit currently trapped in the attic. Uh, the next sheet contains a description of a pentagram and says the symbol must be drawn as part of the ritual. And it looks like so. Ooh. Sick. Um, and then three sheets discuss the procedure of the ritual itself, which takes at least an hour to perform and must be started at midnight. While at least one person speaks aloud the ritual phrases, another person must draw the pentagram on the floor, while another burns a certain combination of chemicals in a fire nearby. Alan's notes mention that the chemicals resemble a brown powder, which he says he has prepared and stored with these papers in a metal canister ready for use. While one person may perform the ritual chant, the notes recommend that several people take part, allowing each individual to occasionally interrupt their chanting without disturbing the overall ritual or its potency. If the chant is continuous, with at least one person reciting the repeating phrases aloud, the spirit must succumb. However, it warns that even the slightest disruption of the chanting may result in failure, requiring another ritual to be performed on a following night. The note suggests that during the ritual, a watcher be posted, lest the sorcerers be disturbed by the nuisances and distractions of malevolent spirits. Thus, these sheets confirm that a two-hour ritual using the chant provided begun at midnight will drive off unwanted spirits. Oh, man, I'm going to have to go back to the general store and get all them old fogies to come help me. <laughs> <laughs> but you're just thinking that when your ears detect the sound of a car motoring up the gravel drive outside. Oh my God, whoever that is, they gotta, they gotta leave. They gotta get out of here. They're gonna be killed. I, uh, I close the trunk, put everything back in there. And, um, and yeah, I, I hurry up, um, up the cellar stairs and, uh, and I look out the window. What do I see? All right, so looking out the window, you see a uh, police car pulling up. Ugh, the fuzz. <laughs> it has uh, markings on the door, identifying it as uh, from the Essex County Sheriff's Department. 
And uh, as the car pulls to a stop, uh, you can definitely see a, a sheriff's deputy behind the wheel. And you know, there's two other people. There's somebody in the passenger, passenger seat, which you can't make out, but sitting directly behind the deputy in the back seat is uh, none other than Bertrand Merriweather. Oh my God, this fool. Um, all right, I'm gonna set my oil lamp down uh, inside the house, like on the table, and uh, and then walk out. Um, and uh, yeah, just be like, uh, "Hello, officer. Like, is there anything I can do to help you?" All right. So, uh, yeah, as you're walking out, the three passengers are, you know, getting out of their car, closing doors and whatnot. You can now see the person who was sitting in the passenger seat is a middle-aged gentleman with, you know, thinning gray hair, a bit short of stature, uh, but well-dressed, as is uh, Bertrand, of course. Um, The deputy uh, sizing you up. And, uh, and he says, uh, he says, I'm here to uh, serve a warrant of eviction. Uh, Mr. Merriweather here has uh, come to me with some serious concerns about squatters on his father's property. Uh, <clears throat> Officer, yes, there, uh, there, there were squatters on my property, uh, but they have since been driven off and I'll reach into my pocket uh, to present the deed. Okay. Uh, I should also mention, uh, the, you know, this time of year in New England, um, it's getting on for late afternoon, so it's starting to get a little dark. Of course. And uh, so the deputy looks at Bertrand and then takes a couple steps forward and takes a look at the, the deed. And uh, at this point, the the older guy walks forward and he says, uh, Deputy Terrace, I think you'll find that this deed has been falsified. This is a forgery. Uh, As I explained to you back in Arkham, uh, my client is uh, the rightful heir of this property. Um, uh, Officer, I'm prepared to let this deed stand up to any amount of scrutiny. So the uh, deputy's looking over it and he just kind of sighs and says, well, this honestly seems more like a matter for the courts. Uh, He turns back to Bertrand and he says, you assured me that that, uh, anyone dwelling on this property was here illegally. Can you you account for this at all? And uh, Bertrand's about to uh, argue his case when uh, from the attic upstairs, there's a bit of thumping, a bit of growling, and then suddenly over your heads, just this unholy shriek going out above you, out towards the woods. It left? It seems to have. So I'll need a sanity roll, please. Oh my god. And no, uh, n- no uh, penalty or bonus. Oof. Okay. <laughs> Oof, indeed. 
All right. Uh, <laughs> let's see here. So, where was that information about what happens if you hear that screech? <laughs> um, ah, here we go. All right. 1d3. Fun. Ooh. And you're going to roll that, right? I'll go ahead and roll that there. All right. So, so, ooh, three points. Ouch. I'm at 70 sanity. Ouch. All right. So you, uh, yeah, you give a, an involuntary scream, uh, you know, yeah. no doubt, you know, from your earlier. <laughs> oh, totally. Um, I, not only do I scream, but like I drop and like put my hands on my head. Yeah. I got to roll for these guys too. Good. Let's see here. Let's see how they're going to do with this. And of, course, of course the deputy passed. He's like, of what, course. what He's... in tarnation? <laughs> And let's get Bertrand here as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So, yeah, the two lawyers <laughs> are both uh, unnerved. Uh, ooh, Bertrand loses three. Ouch. Nice. All right. All right. So, um, very good. So, yeah. So, so basically, all three of you are like, ah! Yeah. This is the Flying overhead, um, and uh, and yeah, like I said, it you, you can kind of track it, track the sound as it fades out towards the woods, and uh, and so the deputy who you know kept his head is nevertheless uh, you know a little startled by that, and he, and he says, indeed, he says, what in tarnation was that? Um, oh man, I don't even know what the it like if. It's all going through my head right now, and I'm like, I'm like, look, I can either tell these guys the truth, and they'll put me in the, and they'll put put me in a home, <laughs> uh, or uh, I can lie to them, and but I don't know how I'm gonna be able to lie. So I've I've got to tell I've got to not only do I have to convince these guys of the truth, but I have to have them help me. So, uh, I say, all right, Sheriff, I'm going to, I'm going to give it to you straight. Um, there's some kind of being, something not from this world trapped in this house. And it appears that, well, it's now loose. And I would wager that it probably took that, uh, that poor girl that went missing yesterday. And now it's going to take someone else. Now we can stop it, but we've got to work together as a team, and we've got to do it now. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Dramatically, we have to do it now. <laughs> All right. So, and, um, and yes. I don't know if this is—I don't know if this is fast talk or if there's like a way to spin this to fast talk. Okay, so fast talk is for like bluffing your way past uh you know some guy at the you know with the velvet rope or what have you right or That's there's fair. you know convincing convincing somebody like oh no i wasn't actually stealing from your locker or <laughs> whatever you know right. um persuade is what we want to use here Ooh, or charm hmm. possibly charm or intimidate maybe if you can justify it uh damn intimidate is 
Well, intimidate for me would be like, uh, like I tell him all that and then I can see him being like, what, what is this dude talking about? And I might even get up in this chair's face. Like I'm almost going to kiss him, but you know, we don't know if we are, or we don't know if we're not. And yeah, I'm going to, <laughs> and I'm going to be like, look, we can do this now the easy way or the whole world can be, you know, like I'm going to threaten him with like the apocalypse. Like, All right. Yeah. Like, that would be, be my intimidate. intimidate. Like everyone, you know, and love is going to die and we have the chance to stop it right here and now. All right. So I'm going to, I'm going right. to try to intimidate. Go for intimidate. Okay. And, uh, this is a penalty. <laughs> Uh, Arguably the most crucial role of the game, but yeah, I know, sure. yeah, here we go. <laughs> Penalty. One die. Of course, it was a failure. Rainy. By quite a <laughs> quite a margin too. I'm guessing that was rainy. I actually don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So yeah. So you go on this rant about you know cats and dogs living together, mass hysteria, <laughs> um, and. Uh, and and the deputy sheriff's deputy's face just gets increasingly bemused, and Bertrand and, and his lawyer pal are exchanging looks. And you know, by the time you you finish, uh, the deputy says, uh, "All right, you've said your piece. Are you going to come with us peaceably, or do I have to come back tomorrow with more of my buddies and take you away?" I own this land, Sheriff, and you're going to have to bring every damn one of you down here to take me off of it. And I'm just going to turn around and get back in the house because i got to figure out what the hell to do about this. Or, or do I try to plead to uh, to these stupid lawyers? Hmm. Yeah, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push my way back. I'm going to push my way by the Sheriff and talk to these lawyers. And, uh, and, you know, just be like, you heard what I said. You heard that thing screaming across the sky. Do you want that coming for you at night? All right. So trying intimidate again? Yeah, I guess I'm going to try intimidate again. Funny you should say you're going to push your way past because this would be a pushed roll. Oh, you right so, about that. Yeah. So if you fail again, um, the consequences will be more severe. That's true, but I do get a bonus die on my intimidate, which is a, which is 15. (laughs) I mean, you can always burn some luck, you know. Oh my god. Oh, we did it! (laughs) Oh my god. Okay. Coming through in the clutch. Oh my god. (laughs) <laughs> All right. So, um, so yeah, so, you, you know, that's a pretty compelling argument. You know, you want your family eaten in their beds or whatever, you know, and, 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 and you know, also let's not forget Bertrand and, and his lawyer, uh, lost sand as well. So they were, they were much more rattled by that than, uh, than the deputy was, you know? So, uh, so Bertrand puts up a hand both towards you and also just to indicate like, okay, like, let's not. <laughs> so he turns to the sheriff and says, I, I don't think there's any need for that kind of action, sheriff. Uh, we all saw what we saw. Uh, I know my father sometimes when he was 
in his cups speak of things he did in his youth, things he was not proud of. So he turns back to you and he says, if I help you, will you sign over the deed to me? <laughs> yes. If we can banish that thing and finish your father's work, I will sign over this deed to you. Provided you want this damned property, scorch it to the earth for all I care. So he turns to the other lawyer and he says, Bill, are you in? The guy says, uh, well, I'm, I mean, what, what are we talking about here? And he looks back at you and he says, uh, do we have to call in a priest? What, what's going on? Why don't you, why don't you catch us up on what's going on? I look at the cop and I'm like, I'm giving him a look like you can leave. Like, if you don't want to yeah. be a part of this, you need to get out. Cause I'm not saying another word in front of the cop. Because yeah, and he's he's kind of he's kind of looking a bit over the whole thing as well. You're you know, like y'all are crazy, right. you know, like every one of you is crazy. So, so he's looking around. and He says, "I came out here to serve a, a writ of eviction, and if I'm not doing that, I'm going back to Arkham." Gentlemen, best of luck to you. And he gets back in his squad car, fires it up, does a little three point turnabout, and off he goes. Kick rocks. Yeah, because I, I don't want to be like, there's a ri- look, boys, there's a ritual. Because as soon as I say that, he's going to be like, oh, y'all are going to start killing babies and blah, blah, blah. Right. I don't right, want any part right. of that. So once he's like gone, I'm going to I'm going to look at them and be like, follow me. And then there's a short montage of me, you know, opening the door and grabbing the oil lamp. And we're walking down into the basement yeah. and I open up the chest for him to see. And I'm reading them the the notes so that they understand and uh i might even like give them the letters that uh rupert left me so that they can look over them and you know just be like sorry guys but like here's an info dump of your worst nightmares and uh your worst nightmares yeah <laughs> and uh and just be like this is what we need to do and uh, mm. and then you know by the end of it like they're sitting there kind of like reading all this stuff and they might like look up at me and I'm like holding up cloaks <laughs> let's do this yeah I'm like <laughs> I don't make the rules fellas <laughs> alright um, I think for maximum cinematic impact we'll say uh, you know you repair to the to the back room with the fire with the fire in the fireplace, right? And oh, yeah. they're reading this by firelight. So by the time they've read through everything, they're pretty well convinced. You know, they they can they can be convinced with with sufficient evidence. They're rational men. They're men of you know men of science like you. That's right. And um, and so uh, you know, by the end of it, they they say very well. If, uh, if it's just a simple matter of this chant and this powder, let's let's have at it. All right. So I'm going to make sure, you know, like we're all and I'm going to and I'm going to impress that upon them. Just be like, we're all educated men in this room. We've all attended university. Um, we need to make sure that we're following these these instructions by the letter. Because if we make even one mistake, we could be putting ourselves and everyone we know and love and everyone in the world in, in terrible danger. 
And I'm going to look too at, uh, at, uh, what's his name? Uh, birth, uh, Bertrand. Bertrand. Thank you. Uh, I'm going to look at Bertrand and be like, um, whatever we're about to call is what did it in for your paw. You know, he, that, that's how your, your dad died trying to keep this thing from killing everything and, and protecting you and protecting your mother. So, you know, honor that, respect it. Do the, do this with me and do it how it should be done. And I'll give you the deed. I'll sign it over tonight. So he's, he's looking, uh, quite serious about this. You know, this, this is perhaps the first, first time in his life that he's been faced with doing anything of import, you know, and, uh, and he seems ready to take it seriously. Okay, good. And if he so, dies, uh, <laughs> if he dies, he dies. He um, dies. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So, um, yeah, all the all that's left is to wait out the clock until midnight because that's apparently when you know, according to the instructions, that's when you're you're supposed to start it up. That's right. So I. I'm making sure, you know, like I'm practicing my Latin. Uh. <laughs> well, so that would be one thing, though, would be that the instructions indicate different roles. So right. how do you want to divvy that out? Uh, it says one person should perform the chant. Uh, one person uh, draws the pentagram. Another person burns the chemicals in the fire. And then once the chemicals are burning, and the pentagram is drawn, it then recommends at least two people keep the chant going and the third person acts as watcher. So how do you want to break that up? Okay, so I guess I would start and I would start and finish the chant. Um, okay. Have the gray-haired lawyer draw the pentagram, have mm-hmm. Bertrand do the candles, and then once those two things are done, uh, the gray-haired lawyer can keep uh, chanting with me and Bertrand can keep watch. I'm going to put him on watch. Okay. Uh, the older lawyer, by the way, William Donner Haven, he's the senior partner at uh, Bertrand's law firm. I'm going to look at him and be like, do you speak any Latin? You a Catholic? And he says, of course. <laughs> he says, oh, I was classically educated, of course. I went to Princeton. There we go. Uh, and then I'm like, I hand him the, one of the notes and I'm like, then you're going to be chanting with me as soon as you're done drawing the figure. Are you confident in, in your tasks? All right. They indicate they are, everybody knows what's going on. Okay. Then we wait until midnight and we've got our cloaks on and we're ready to go. (laughs) Yeah. I'm making them. I'm like, I'm like, they, they wore cloaks when they brought this thing in. We're wearing cloaks when we take it out. That we do it. All right. So time passes at a crawl. Night comes on in full darkness. Um, there's a half moon out casting a bit of feeble moonlight across the, across the overgrown grounds of the farmhouse. And um, why don't you uh, why don't you make a listen roll for Ooh. me? 
Don't mind if I do. Let me see here. So that was a penalty die. Was the Oh, and then a bonus was the last one, right? So a bonus and two penalties coming up. <laughs> nice. God. Good times. Uh, Good times. All right. And this is a listen check. Uh-huh. And this is a bonus. Okay. Oof. Oh, wow. Jeez. Yowza. Oh, my gosh, you guys. All right. Oh, no, come on. I don't think Bertrand even has a listen skill. What's the <laughs> default on that? 20? I think 20. Yeah, because yeah, that's what I have in it. Hey, Birdie got it. Oh, thank God. All right. <laughs> All right. So about around about 10 o'clock, uh, Bertrand, you know, sits up suddenly. You're all just kind of marking time, not talking a whole lot. Suddenly sits up. He says, did you hear that? I'm going to say, uh-uh. And look at William. Be like, William, did you hear it? Uh, no. Bertrand looks out the window that's facing, like, on the same wall as the back door that's facing out towards the woods. It said, sound like a human scream. There's nothing we can do about it. I know you're, I mean, well, their instinct might be to go rushing to that person's aid, but, like, there's nothing we can do about it. You know, we, I'm going to look at them and be like, do any of you have weapons? They shrug. Well, no, of course not. Then we're, then, uh, we're going to be at our best in here, ready to perform the ritual. It's a hard, it's a hard choice to make, but that's what it is, what it is. They nod in agreement, settle back in. A couple more hours pass. Midnight approaches. Still no sound or indication of anything in the attic. It's been quite quite quiet the whole time. I've been going over the notes. Does the thing have to be in the house for us to banish it? There's no indication of that. Okay. Then I would say at midnight, whether it's here or not, we proceed. All right. So checking your pocket watch one last time, you see it's about the indicated time. And so everyone takes up their positions. And uh, the ritual begins. Damn it. (laughs) We we have two (laughs) penalty die. Nice. God. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, oh, I should mention, yes. So the metal tin did have that brown powder in it, as right. Alan indicated. The uh, smaller wooden box with the sliding lid uh, contained a different powder. It was like a gray powder hmm. um, that almost looks like graphite. I recall this might be the powder from the letter that let us see the thing. Um, so I might, I'm going to take that powder and be like, maybe if, um, if it shows up, like if we need to, we might, uh, I, I might use this while I'm chanting and, you know, reveal it to the world. All right. Much to my right. sanity's dismay. <laughs> <laughs> 
let's just see what we're dealing with here. Oh my God. <laughs> All right. I am keeping an eye on the clock too. I think we can wrap this up okay. probably in a half hour. I like that. But we'll, we'll try and get as close to 10 as we can here. Okay. So. Yeah. Um, ooh, uh, do we have uh, some epic music coming up? Oh, you know we do. Ooh, can't wait. <laughs> All right. So um, basically, uh, you've got the pentagram drawing going. You've got the uh, powder going into the fire. The fire rises up in green and brown flames. And um, and then uh, you're doing the chant, correct? Yes. I'm chanting from beginning to end. Okay. So that seems like the most dramatic right. role. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you want all the glory. That's right. For yourself. All right. Um, I can't let these NPCs be the... <laughs> Yeah, I'm right. Yeah, the lawyers. Yeah. Hello. All right. So, <laughs> all right. So, um, so uh, you begin a you begin with a chant. Um, you do you do have? <laughs> did you say you didn't put any points in Latin, but you took Latin? I have like, Latin. What, what was that about? I took zero points in Latin. So um, you have a, a zero one in Latin. Is that it? I have a I have a one in Latin. However, I would. I I would uh uh, pr- uh I don't know the word for this. I would proselytize. <laughs> I would Uh-huh. I haven't used fast talk this session. Can I put my fast uh-huh. talk points in Latin? Absolutely you can, okay, I yes. Like, I like that. So now my Latin becomes a sixty-six. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Now you don't have to speak Latin in order to read this, but um, uh, since you do have points in Latin, I will read you the English translation of, of the exorcism. It goes as follows. O spirits, you I exercise by the power, wisdom, and virtue, by the divine knowledge, by the dark void, by the name of the old ones, the root, trunk, source, and origin of all the other divine names, whence they all draw their life and their power. I exercise you by the name Nyarlathotep, signifying the most excellent bringer of wisdom, his majesty so high and brighter than the stars of the road or of the void, stars of the road, stars of the void. I exercise you by the most powerful name of Azathoth, the all-powerful, who shall punish the crimes. I exercise you, and I command you absolutely, O demon, in whatsoever part of the universe you may be, by the virtue of all these names, hear you and obey. Oh my God. What kind of sick person would call on all these? Oh my uh, God, Narlethotep and Azathoth. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, I mean <laughs> Kenny is even like, Ugh, like taking <laughs> it a bit far there, wouldn't you say? I know. Yeah. Can we just? I don't know. <laughs> Can we walk this back a little bit? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I didn't know we were going that hard. <laughs> oh my God. All right. Okay. Well, so this, is, this is what you're going to be chanting over and over and over again. Oh, good. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm really opening mm-hmm. myself up to these energies. That's oh, good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. Just really. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> All right. So um, it's going to cost you some magic points. Oh, I bet. Mm hmm. Uh, two magic points. 
too. Precise. Okay, that takes me down to 13 out of 15 magic points. I oh, got some decent magic points there. That's good. Not bad. All right. All right. Um, that's just for starters. We'll we'll be deducting more as we go along. Now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so this is going on for about 20 minutes. You're chanting this over and over again for about 20 minutes. Um, after those first 20 minutes, you suddenly hear up in the attic, you know, something just oh, like moving around. So we've like magnet, we've drawn it to us. Yeah. I look up and I keep chanting, you know, but I'm like looking up like, oh, I hear it. And then I'm looking to the guys and I'm like, do you guys hear that? As I'm, you know, chanting in Latin and I'm like, yeah, I'm like making sure the pentagram is good. I'm making sure the candle, I'm like, Bertrand, don't fuck up these candles, dude. You got the easiest job. Light some candles (laughs) and then go sit down. (laughs) Yeah. As I call on Narlethotep and Azathoth for 20 minutes, (laughs) for sure. And for for another hour and a half. Just really, just soaking it all in. Yeah, yeah, it's good yeah. stuff. Uh, um, so very shortly after that that bumping sound in the attic, uh, this horrific uh, howling uh, starts out. Uh, uh, Bertrand and, and William both, you know, looking very pale at the sound of this, um, and then the house begins to to shudder. Like the whole house is just being, you know put under a, a, a strain or stress of some kind. You can hear wood cracking, creaking. Uh, there's sudden jolts that just shakes the whole house. In the back, uh, objects are, in the yeah. back of my mind, I'm like, oh, this kid, he's getting the deed for sure, but <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a hole in the ground, buddy. <laughs> uh, uh, objects are falling off shelves, rolling across the floor. So we'll need Sandy rolls for everybody, please. Let's go. Including me. Oh my goodness. Oh. Bill is not having it. Bill is not having it. Yo, I'm keeping it together. You're good. And let's see about Bertrand there. He's good. Nice. I fumbled Donner Haven's oh, uh, roll, so he's going to lose the max, which is three. Okay. Uh, but yeah, he's he's looking around wildly. He's like breaking out into a sweat, and uh, and he, he's just saying. He starts to like kind of mutter to himself, like it's the devil himself, it's Satan. I, I want to say something cheeky, but I'm not. I'm just gonna keep chanting. Yeah, keep going. Yeah, yep. exactly. And I'm looking at him like I'm still chanting the words. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So there's so there's more shrieking and howling, thrashing around coming up from up in the attic you know, for another 10 minutes or so. Um, and uh, and as that's going on, that formic acid smell begins to really fill the, the space, Ugh. you know. Um, then from all the cracks in the ceiling, you know, all the all the all the be- or the um, the boards in the ceiling in between all those boards, you're going to see moisture, some some kind of moisture begin to um, coalesce and then run together and form and then begin to drip down. Oh, God. Uh, so I'll need a luck roll, what? please. Ooh. We've been slowly chewing on our luck this entire time. Do do luck rolls get bonuses or penalties? They do not. 
Okay. I think the... Oh, wait. We used a bonus last time, right? And so now... No, no, wait. Yeah. Yeah, we did. So now we're on to... I think we had two... You have two penalties waiting for you. Two penalties coming up. Okay. So normal luck roll. Here we go. Ooh, it's a fails. All right. So some of this moisture drips onto you. Nice. And uh, and sizzles and Ooh. raises a little bit of a blister on the on the exposed flesh that it touches, uh, causing one point of damage. Oh my god! Thank God. I have I have six health remaining. Lord. So I've taken half. I've taken half of my health. I don't know if that means anything. It's only if it's all at once, okay. and then that that would be a major wound. But okay. yeah. Otherwise, I mean, yeah, you're not you're not feeling great. Yeah by any means. But, so um, this thing starts boiling on me and blistering and even through my cloak of the Dark Brotherhood. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm like... <laughs> well, it, 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 hit, it you know, hits your hand, let's oh, say. Cool. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, right on top of my hand, too. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I start like wincing, you know, and I'm like still chanting the Latin through like gritted teeth and uh, Well, actually, that's ooh. a good point. Let's uh let's get a power roll from you to ooh. see if you can keep that chant going or not. Oh, wow. The old pow roll. Here we go. And no uh is this penalty or This will be with a penalty die. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Here we Well, I'm we're still doing okay. Ah. No. Ooh, you can spend 12 luck to make that one. I'm doing it, dude. 12 luck. That takes me from 34 to what? Like 22? No. 22. 22? Mm-hmm. Oh, my math. Oh, my math. <laughs> oh, my math. <laughs> 22 luck. Yeah, let's yep. go. So I'm like, and I'm I'm pushing it. Everything I have. Yeah, you very very nearly fumble over Nyarla Totep, you know. And like, <laughs> For real. <laughs> manage to wrench that back into place. Oh, God. That's the worst. <laughs> Worse when you have to say Nyarlathotep in, in a you know public speaking environment. <laughs> yeah, under pressure. <laughs> yeah. You're like, do I put an right. emphasis on the hotep? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> what if I accidentally say orgasm? <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. So uh, let's see here. So you are continuing with this chance. All right. Um. And so, yeah, uh, Bertrand is also hit by some of this acid, essentially, is what it is. And, uh, you know, cries out in pain. Ah! Um, but uh, the chant is continuing. Were you intending to do the entire chant? Was that was that the I was gonna the try intention to do, there? I was going to try to do the whole thing. Okay. And uh, when uh, William is done uh, doing his... Um, uh, his pentagram drawing, then mm-hmm. uh, I'm gonna do, or he's he's gonna chant with me. Okay, all right, right, that's right. He was gonna join in. Okay, all right, good. So that's that's fine. Um, so he's he gives up two magic points as well, and uh, so now he is chanting with you. So that's good. So then if something happens and you're not able to continue, he'll be he'll be saying it as well. Right. Okay. All right. So now we got two guys. Chanting away, um, but the house is no longer creaking. It's no longer, no longer shaking. The acid seems to be dissipating, and there's no more howling or anything coming from upstairs. We got to keep going, you know. I I feel like uh, 
they said two hours, so we're gonna do two hours. You know, we can't we can't stop to be like, is everything okay? Because that that would foil yeah. the whole thing. Yeah. So I, I think it's gone. I think. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I'm like, I'm like gesturing, you know, like everybody keep going, and I might even look at Bertram and be like, like if you can, like, you know, I'm like pointing out, like, hey, there's the notes. Like, go get the notes and start chanting with us. Like, oh, okay. You want him to join? If he's done doing his job, like he can keep. Well, his, his job is to watch. So, That's true. I mean, he can know. keep watch and also read. I would assume. I don't know though. But I mean, no, you kind of have to have a seat in front of you. You know, that's the whole thing. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, I might point at him then and be like, like, do a circle. Like, see if you can. Like, your job is to keep watch. Go watch. Yeah. Okay. Uh, cool. So uh, he nods. You know, he gets gets what you're what you're saying, and he, he starts to do, you know, walk a little patrol perimeter, looking out the windows, peering out. Um, but yeah, for right now, it's just the crackling of this green and brown fire, and you're chanting, and um, things seem to have calmed down. And uh, you know, after a few circuits around the room, Bertrand's looking out the back window again, out towards the woods, and. He says, "My God, there's a woman out there. She's crawling towards us through the grass." Uh. And uh, you actually, as soon as he says that, you hear her calling out, "Help me, please! Something attacked me." That's bait. <laughs> That's bait. <laughs> oh man, you know what? I kind of want to be like, okay, I'm like, all right, she's out there. I'm gonna keep chanting. Bertram is gonna keep chanting, or not Bertram? Sorry, uh, William. So I'm gonna point at I'm gonna point at Bertram, and kind of like gesture to be like, you know, go get her. If that's what you want to do, go get her. Right. Knowing it's like the bad choice. I'm going to give him a power roll just to kind of gauge his, right, how yeah. brave he's feeling. Oh, he failed. So he's yeah, like, he- uh, Yeah, I'm going to go get her. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's he's too scared. He, oh, he just okay. kind of looks back at you and shakes his head. He's like, no, no. Okay. And I, I nod, you know, like I'm empathetic. I don't want I don't want these people dead, you know, but we have we have bigger problems here. Yeah, yeah. All right. So you continue the chant. Uh two more magic points, please. Don't mind if I do. That takes my magic points down to eleven. Nice, nice. Okay. Um Alright, so you know, maybe another 10 minutes, Bertrand's still, you know, looking out that window and he says, she's still crawling towards the house. And then, and then he kind of, he kind of calls out. He says, if you can make it to the door, I'll let you in. Uh, I'm like, Narlethotep, uh, cool. <laughs> As Narlethotep, come in here and clean up our mess. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yo. <laughs> uh, man, I keep, I mean, I want to interact with this dude, but I am not going to stop chanting. Um, 
Okay. So maybe, uh, I don't know, or or would it be crazy? You know what? I'm just going to go grab him. I'm just going to grab him, and I'm still chanting, and I'm, like, yelling the chant in his face. <laughs> and uh, And I, like, drag him over, you know, because I'm huge, and I imagine he's very wimpy. So I... Uh, I, you know, I drag him over to his chair. I sit him down in the chair and, uh, and just like point, put my finger in his face as I chant and then like go back to my circle. <laughs> All right. So that's your intention. That's my um, intention. That's my, exactly. That's how this plays out in my mind. Let's see what the dice say. Well, you, you go over there, you, you get in his face, you're chanting in his face. You grab his shoulder with your free hand to, to guide him over and you know you're you're both standing next to the window and at that point there's suddenly somebody at the window and they're just like slapping their their palms onto the glass and and you know uh kind of re- trying to reach in through the through the panes that have been broken out and you can see it's this you know middle-aged woman in a in a you know farm dress uh but her face is bloated rotted uh, bloody, and there's a massive hole over her heart, just like that raccoon you saw. Oh my god! And uh, and then yeah, so she's just banging on the glass and like trying to reach in, and, and and she said, "You promised you'd let me in. Open the door." Oh god! So I'm gonna, I'll, I'll I'm, need a uh, I'll yeah. need a sanity roll, please. Yeah. Sanity roll incoming. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, 69 nice. Nice. The nicest of sanity rolls. <laughs> my sanity is so nice. Oh right my now. god, that's a natural 100 for Bertrand. Uh, so he is going to lose the maximum possible sanity, which is six. Oh my god. And he's going to go insane. No! Yes. But, also, but also, yes. Yay! <laughs> oh wow, my what God. a time to roll 100. You lose one, by the way, even for passing. That Awfully makes, jarring. Dude, that makes my sanity 69. What is happening? What is going on? <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. So, um, yeah. So yeah, so so Bertrand sees this and just uh, starts screaming. Yeah, and just he just loses his mind and he he just goes tearing off out the into the front room and then you just hear the front door fly open and you you hear his receding scream into the night. Oh my god! I run to the door and slam it shut. All right. <laughs> Slam it shut. And I look to Bertram and I'm like, like, you have to chant now. Like, we both have to do this. Or uh, Donnerhaven, you mean? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Oh, he's been chanting, oh, though, right? That's right. I mean, yeah, he has been chanting. Oh, so, oh, Bertram fucking tore ass. That's hilarious. Yeah, okay. Bertram. Holy shit. That's awesome. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's even better. Good news. I know. There's <laughs> a certain, like, dramatic justice there honestly i so, know well done. Uh, well good done, job dice. good job dice <laughs> thanks for telling the stories we're too scared to tell <laughs> all right okay so um yeah so so donnerhaven has been keeping up the the chant this whole time um let's see here 
Uh, yeah, you hear you hear Bertrand's screams uh, receding, and then screams turn into uh, shouts, yells, like, Oh, get off of me! Oh, no! Oh, uh, I reach into my pocket and grab the gray dust. Uh-huh. And I want to, like, like, it looks like he's being attacked by something invisible. Is that correct? Well, I mean, you slam the door. Do you want to look out the window? Oh, God. Yeah, I guess I do. Okay. <laughs> um, so looking out the window, you see he didn't make it very far, and he's being set upon by that hobo. Oh, does the hobo look different than the than when last we met? Oh, he's much bloodier than when last you met. Absolutely. <laughs> the old bloody hobo. Old bloody hobo, yeah. Oh, God. Well, I mean, sorry, Bertrand. Shouldn't have left the shack. <laughs> Not my problem. <laughs> so, uh, so the the zombie remains of uh, Maggie McFurter uh, are banging on the window still. You know, let me in, let me in. Ah, oh, man, I like, I grip my eyes closed, like squeeze them closed tight, and just keep chanting. All right, returning to the circle, I assume. Uh, I want to kind of stay, well, I don't know. Is there something I can do to like keep this? Like, I'm just, I guess I'll just lock the door Mm -hmm. and then, yeah. And then go back to the circle. Okay. All right. Um, (laughs) give me another pow roll to see how, how much you're able to keep this chant going. Okay. And I think this one is a penalty. penalty. Yeah. 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 Ugh. We've got one more penalty after that, and then no modifiers. Oh, hey, there you go. Still a success. Hey, oh, all right. And another one. <laughs> and another one. All right, so yeah, you keep the chant going. You rejoin Donnerhaven in the circle. It's just the two of you now. You're kind of looking at each other as you chant. You know, understanding like this is it. You know, it's we're we're coming up. It's almost been two hours. Um, That's got to be exhausting. Oh, I know, right? And um, you can hear you can hear uh, the hobo at the front door. He's banging on the door. Maggie's banging on the back door and on the back uh, uh, windows. They're both just calling out. You know, let us in. Let us in. And. Um, but, uh, you know, you have no idea what time it is, like exactly how long it's been. It just feels like it's maybe been two hours. And then suddenly they just stop. The, the two corpses drop to the ground, silent, still. Oh, man. And uh, a few minutes pass by. And then right there in the middle of the circle, some smoke begins to coalesce. It looks exactly like if you just ran a film of smoke backwards, you know, it's just coming down into the center of the circle. And um, it begins to coalesce. Hmm. Uh, We need to keep chanting, is that right? That is correct. Okay, so I'm gonna keep chanting, but I'm gonna like, I'm going to look at the circle and then like, I've got my hand in my pocket with this gray dust uh-huh. because whatever it is, like I do want to see it. 
Like there's something, (laughs) there's something inside Uh me that's like, you have to put a, you have to face this. You've, you've been, you've been afraid of it this whole time. And it's been, you know, it's been invisible. You've never seen it. You've been afraid of it still. Mm -hmm. And now that you're Mm -hmm. about to conquer it, you need to see it. Mm. So that's where my brain is at. So you got your hand on the box of powder as this thing is coalescing and it's the smoke is, you know, increasing in volume and it's about the size of a, of a person, you know, smoke, smoke wise, a smoke person, if you will. Nice. And then it begins to take on a shape, like, like, like a human shape, you know, and then it, it resolves itself and you find yourself looking at professor Rupert Merriweather. Oh, And he's, as you remember him, you know, in the, in the bloom of life, wearing his tweed suit with the leather elbow patches and the whole, the whole thing, you know? Nice. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, he, uh, he looks at you and, and he says, Victor, so good to see you again. My chanting continues, but it's now like, it's now like a low talking uh-huh. Yeah. Um yeah. And uh and my eyes like fill with tears mm. as I'm like looking at him. And my my hand almost like reaches out to like touch his face. Mm-hmm. Um but just as it gets like like just just close like I I have I pull I try to pull it back. Mhm. Unless there's some Let's, kind of role uh, involved. <laughs> well, it's a psychology role oh. with a penalty die. <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, nuts. Uh, oh, I'm spending okay. four luck. I'm spending four there luck. There you go. All right. <laughs> I'm at 18. All right. Okay. Oh, my God. So what you see actually it's still it's still Merriweather, but you see under his skin it's like there's little worms or tentacles like moving around under the skin and causing it to bubble you know oh my god so it is definitely not Merriweather. yeah at that point like i get angry because it's trying to use my memories and my thoughts and my desires against me mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. so my um my chanting becomes more intense and more louder. And I'm almost like trying to like yell it into submission. Mm, mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Want to do anything with that powder? I do. Yeah. I take it out of my, and in my, in the back of my mind, I'm like, let's see what you really are. And like, I, right. I take the, I take the box out of my, um, out of my pocket and I open it up and then like cast it in front of me at a at a dramatic angle uh where, you know <laughs> and uh yeah backhand it exactly exactly <laughs> like yeah it's all just like scattered in front of me as i'm like yelling this like this incantation mm-hmm, mm-hmm. all right so um as i mentioned earlier it's kind of like graphite but as soon as it like hits the air it, it like you know poofs out and then like just magnetizes onto the shape whoa and the whole thing, I mean, it, you know, Meriwether is gone in, in an instant. And instead what you see is it's like six foot tall, um, just mass of tentacles 
and circular mouths, like lamprey mouths, you know, mm. just ringed with teeth, uh, just like, you know, just just roiling around like a tornado almost. Oh my God. You does, know? does it have feet or legs or is it just like tentacles floating it, there? It, it, it kind of ends in a, in a couple little trunks, you know, a little little leg-like appendages, yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, let's get a sanity roll, Ooh, please. please. Risk my nice 69 sanity. I know. Oh! So. oh no! <laughs> oh my god! Yeah! <laughs> so Donner Haven rolls a zero one. Oh my god! He's never felt better. How dare you? Uh, He's got his eyes closed. But, but you fumbled... <laughs> That means you you lose the maximum possible sanity, which in this case, 1d8, you lose eight points of sanity. Oh, I'm at 61 sanity. And I will need an intelligence roll, please. Yeah. And you do not want to succeed at this one. Yeah, I want to fail this one. And is do I get a do I get a penalty dice for this? Uh, if there's a penalty in the in the rack. I do. No. I've got two penalties in Q. Rude. I know. Super rude. Who knows, dude? Oh, <laughs> still. <laughs> Actually, yeah, the penalty would have really helped you out this time, but of course. Real. Oh, no. That's, All right. Okay. Well, so seeing this thing breaks your brain. Oh, man. Here we go. Yeah. So I am going to roll the uh, long term bout of madness table because this is this is when you kind of come to sometime the next day mm. oh whoa so i yeah i'm out you're out holy shit you you lose you lose all sense of self and uh let's just see what happens oh my gosh do, 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 do d10 roll here interesting <laughs> oh wow okay did you generate ideologies and beliefs i did for your character all right what do you got uh my ideology slash belief is i've seen supernatural phenomenon though i've never been able to identify what it was could have just been the shadows but it has since defined my worldview something about it and i can't re recall what that one was out of the options because it was like generate it and and tell mm -hmm. us about it but it was it was something like uh oh it was like yeah. the occult option right exactly right okay um okay so, <laughs> so you come to it's daylight you're lying in a bed of some kind you are um you're uh, in a bedroom that you do not recognize um and um Clearly, somebody has been tending to you, um, but um, you know where where you may be. You have no idea. So, um, oops, messing up my music cues at the last minute. All right, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but you feel you feel quite exhausted. Um, however, you don't have long to wait. Um, before the door opens and uh, <clears throat> in comes the uh, friendly local, um, Ma Peters, 
mm-hmm. owner of the general store and Ross's Corners. And uh, she looks at you and she says, uh, oh, looks like you're uh, feeling a bit better there. I shoot out a like, like, you know, erect, sit, sitting erect. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm like the thing where, where is it? The house. Uh, uh. Now, now, now don't start with that again. You showed up outside my door last night, ranting about ghosts and the devil and hell coming for all of us. And uh, it, 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 it took all the it took all the the, the uh, morphine that I had in, in in the back cabinet to get you to calm down. So I don't want to hear any more of this. Donovan, where's Donovan? Well, Donovan's downstairs. He actually was uh, asking after you. I need to see him. And I, I try, uh, I'll, I try I'll to sh- get out of bed. <clears throat> no, no, no. You stay there. I'll show him up. Okay, I, I kind of like ease back and uh, yeah, I just wait. All right. So, um, you know, a few minutes pass and you hear uh, Donnerhaven actually. Donner Haven. Uh, Thank you. Coming up, <clears throat> no, yeah. coming up the way and uh, he steps in. He's got his hat in his hand. He looks very drained, um, but also somewhat at ease. And uh, he says, I'm glad you turned up alive there, Mr. Heinz. What happened after I, after I saw it? Well, uh, much like poor Bertrand, you, you fled from the site, uh, ranting, ranting about ghosts and demons. Uh, but uh, mere seconds after that, it, it, seemed to dissipate out of being it it just disappeared in a puff of smoke in a great tremendous scream i think it's gone for good we have to be sure i'm as sure as i can be i uh i kind of like look down and and nod like trying to piece this together like in my mind, I'm like, I have to go back and, and see it, you know? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, so let me tell you what you got in terms of the, the Bout of Madness. It says, um, review the investigator's backstory entry for ideology and beliefs. The investigator manifests one of these in an extreme, crazed, and demonstrative manner. For example, a religious person might be found later preaching the gospel loudly on the subway. Yeah. So I think in this case, yeah, it's like this has confirmed your belief in in the supernatural beyond all reasonable doubts. Totally. To the extent that it would cause this fixation on ensuring that this thing is, you know, gone, right? Yeah. 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 And uh, and I look up at him and I say, uh, "And Bertrand, did you did you find him? Is he okay?" So he uh, bows his head and says. Uh, Sadly, no, he he did not make it. I immediately think of his mother, you know, like she just lost her husband. Now she just lost her son. Um, I try to get out of bed. Mm, mm. Um, yeah, you're physically OK. OK. Um, yeah, and I, I, I look at him and I say, well, now what? He says, well, <clears throat> for myself, I'm 
going to go back to Arkham and try my best to forget everything that happened yesterday. I suggest you do the same. I nod. And uh, I think that might be like a like a like a scene close and then like mm-hmm. later on I kind of appear at the house. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah. Just alone. I'm just like, nope, I I don't want I don't want him to know that I'm going here. Right, exactly. All right. <clears throat> and we will we'll fade out with you looking at this crumbling old farmhouse under gray October skies as a chill wind blows and some crows caw triumphantly in the background. Uh, an uncertain future awaits our hero, but this, if ever there was a time to bring up a the end with a question mark at the end, <laughs> this would be it. Amazing, <laughs> dude. Holy crap. Holy crap. What, what an adventure, dude. Oh my gosh. Amazing. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, it's thank fun. you so much. For running that, of I course. had such a blast playing it. I had a lot of fun running it. It's been quite a while since I got to run that, so it's one of my favorite. Uh, the haunting, you know, gets a lot of press, but I, I kind of like this one better, actually. To be honest. Okay. So, okay. Well, maybe yeah. we'll have to play the other one sometime and compare it. Yeah, we'll compare and contrast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, thanks everyone who who tuned in, and thanks for all the donations. Yes. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Huge thanks to everybody who watched. Uh, whether you lurked, you stayed for five minutes, you stayed the whole stream, you popped in and out, you threw some emojis, especially if you followed, subbed, uh, donated money. I mean, we raised a huge $445 uh, or thereabouts. Yeah, our, our goal was 150 and we smashed it out of the water. Um, I, ver- awesome. Yeah, I'm very happy. Uh, I'm, I'm glad... Uh, I'm glad this happened, and I'm I'm very thankful to all of you, and I'm very thankful to my friend and guest, Mr. David Larkins, uh, for uh, donating his time and his uh, Call of Cthulhu expertise um, to uh, to to this show. And I hope you guys had f- as much fun watching it as I did playing it. So, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks Cheers. everybody. Um, thank yeah, you all for the, for the hype. And, uh, I think that's it. Uh, well, well, you, you know, well, actually, uh, one more thing. Uh, we do have the giveaway to close out. Uh huh. Oh, okay. Um, let me see here. New window. Can you see that window? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> let me see here. Oh, wait, that's a stream elements thing. Excuse me while I pull this up. I know uh, there was a ticket war going on for a little while. Oh, man. Um, so let's see what happens with the giveaway. We're going to close the giveaway and draw a winner. Looks like oh boy. Rapture Monster is the winner. Oh, there's a raptor right there. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good job. I think that's Seth. So congratulations, Seth. Excuse me. Bye, bye, bye. Right on. Uh, for winning the Dots role-playing game uh, little swag bag package. Nice. Um, and, uh, yeah, donations will actually continue until 10 o'clock p.m. on Thursday, which is the 
uh, th- that's the last chance we'll get to buy anything that's in the in the incentives, and uh, and then we'll close out um, you know all the all the charity stuff. Then, which happens to be the end of the next stream that I'm doing. So, if you guys want to come hang out on Thursday, I'll be streaming Alien Isolation. We've been having a ton of fun doing it, uh, and we're we're very nearly at the end. So, uh, and and luckily, our face hugger emotes arrived uh, before we even ran into them. So, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm excited to see those flood everywhere, and. Um, yeah, I guess we'll see you guys on Thursday. David, any last words, or would you like to plug anything or let anybody know where to find you or what you've been up to or what you're going to be up to? I am at Sir Larkins pretty much everywhere. Um, feel free to follow me on Twitter. I mostly use it to hype up uh, Chaosium stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, um, I love Call of Cthulhu. I love Pendragon. If you haven't played Pendragon, check it out. <laughs> Pendragon is, I've only played it that once with you, but I want to get back to it because I, I love well, playing, yeah, those Arthurian knights. Looking forward yeah, to absolutely. getting back into that. And um, uh, yeah, uh, uh, as Kenny mentioned at the top of the stream, I have the Esoteric Order of Role Players as my actual play podcast. Um, very not fancy. I just basically hit record and then we play games. <laughs> uh, but if you like that sort of thing, uh, check us out. And, uh, yeah, I can't recommend it enough, even if I wasn't on it from time to time. Because um, <laughs> it is a joy to listen to. Um, and, of course, you can always find me at HGM Kenny on most places and soon to be on YouTube at HGM Kenny um, without the long, extraordinary YouTube URL. Uh, yeah, because we hit 135 subscribers yesterday, which was cool. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think that's it. So thank you guys once again for all of your effort, all of your donations, all of your emotes, and thank you, David, for, uh, coming and and doing this with me. So we will see you guys, uh, Thursday. All right. Take it easy. Bye-bye. (laughs) Nice. Nice.